Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy that episode. I'm done with this. <laughs> Cheers. How you doing, Raven? I'm just constantly living in a pit of despair. You know, pretty standard stuff for a Tuesday. Oh, that's, it's Saturday. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Why'd you say Tuesday? <laughs> because that's my standard Tuesday. It just happens to currently be my feeling on a Saturday as well. Although, actually, I don't know why I say that, because today was a really good day for me. So, um, so yeah. Well, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, Raven, I have an idea for this episode. Okay. Let's... Just be nice to each other. Ew. Let's just let's just give it a try. Okay, I'm here for it. Yeah. We can like pretend like we can act like the friends we actually are, you know? I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but I think we could like not go out of our way to be mean to each other. That's fair. Okay, so let's give it a try. So what music have you been listening to? So, okay, for the most part, nothing like particularly remarkable. I've been listening to a lot of Disney and some extra stuff. Um, although, I think by the time this episode comes out, this will have been out for like a year and a half-ish. Because it's already been out for like 10 or 11 months at this point. Um, yeah. So, I believe his name is Michael Cort or Michael Corte. Um, he's like a producer or something. Um, and he does a lot of YouTube videos with medleys and a bunch of different artists and stuff. He produced this Hercules, like, gospel medley that gives me life. It is amazing. Um, it's making a lot of traction. Like, a lot of different YouTubers have been doing, like, reactions to it. Like, a lot of, like, vocal coaches and stuff like that. But, like, honestly, just, like, search, like, Hercules Muses Medley on YouTube. I guarantee it'll be the first thing that pop up. It's five guys, and it is perfect. I think I've seen that, like, on my, like, YouTube feed. It's I haven't so watched good. it. I'll check it out. It is amazing. Um, yeah, it's so good. Have you listened to, you said Hercules, and I also think of, like, Aladdin. Have you listened to the Barbershop Quartet Madly vocal spectrum of Aladdin? I don't think I have. No. Look it up. It'll change your life. Okay. What have you been listening to? So I've been listening, like, re-listened to, like, three artists because of two songs that came out this week. Okay. One of them, good, objectively. The other one, very questionable. The good one. Wait, the song so, or the artist? Or both? The artist. Okay. Um, so the song So Done came out, Alicia Keys, Ooh. featuring Khalid. I saw that. Like, I, didn't, I haven't listened to it yet, but I like, saw the 
art it's for it. It's so good. So I've been listening to a lot of Alicia Keys and Khalid. Um, so the other one, um, this band, um, you know them well, came out yesterday with a cover of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. And guess the band. Uh, for The Devil Went Down to Georgia? I feel I'll like, give you three guesses. I feel like I physically saw it, but I don't know who the artist was. Okay, wait, can you give me a genre? Because I honestly don't, I honestly don't know. Uh, banger. <laughs> Hitting up the disco? No. In my clothes? No. <sighs> banger, Devil Down to Georgia. Banger is not a genre, Campbell. I've talked about the genre, the, like, for the band. I think so. It is a, not a popular opinion. No. It's actually more popular to hate them. And I think I just Oh, Nickelback? Oh my gosh, yeah. it's Nickelback. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the cover's not great, but I also started listening to a lot more Nickelback. <laughs> I, okay, I love Nickelback. And here's my thing. It's popular to hate them because it's become like a meme, basically, to hate Nickelback. But here's my thing. Their concerts are like always sold out. And if a Nickelback song comes on, no one changes it, especially if it's Rockstar. And you know the words. Everyone knows the words. They just love to hate on them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been listening to this week. Awesome. Okay. Do we want to get into this beautiful masterpiece work of art that you selected for us this week? Sure. Um, so due to popular demand and multiple requests, um, we are going to talk about the musical Hamilton this week. By the amazing and astounding Lynn manuel Miranda, whom I love. Which, Raven, have you seen Hamilton before this week? I have not. I had heard a lot of the soundtrack, but I'd never actually seen the piece itself. I haven't, and I think I've heard maybe two songs off the soundtrack. Yeah. Before now. And so, to go along with it, we are drinking the official cocktail of the Hamilton musical, a Founder's Fizz, which is gin, simple syrup, splash of lime juice, um, shaken with ice, and a highball glass of rice, and then topped with seltzer. Yeah. Which is, so I made like a, a, like a lemon simple syrup for me, so it just tastes like a boozy Sprite, and I'm loving it. Yeah. To me, it's just so simple and refreshing, where like, when you taste it, you're just like, oh, like, I honestly don't even taste the gin in mine. And when you when you sip it, it's just like, okay, this is just like a nice little light summer drink. I appreciate yeah. it. Which will also be helpful because I was telling um, Raven earlier, it's over 100 degrees where I'm living right now. <laughs> These apartment buildings and houses and our town, we don't have air conditioning because normally you don't need it. But somehow it keeps on getting hotter every year. Um, so I only have certain windows open so I, you don't hear cars on the microphone. So I'm very glad we're having this type of drink because yes. I am going to die. <laughs> uh, I will relish yeah. seeing that. Oh, maybe that's too mean. <laughs> we're trying to be nice. Let's let's see how far we get. We'll see that. how far we get. We'll see how many drinks Next to each get. other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who cares about anyone else? <laughs> Obviously. Okay. Yeah. So background for the movie is just <laughs> American history. <laughs> um, or play, both Raven and I. I yeah. Both Raven and I are... Virginians, so uh, 
Raven and I know, like, when I was talking to some friends, they're like, oh, you're going to like it. You learn a lot about history. I watched it. I was like, I already knew all this history. I learned, like, two new things that I was just like, oh, that's an interesting little factoid. I mean, I, like, knew about the Reynolds pamphlet. We did talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah. I guess the things but I learned. I didn't know, like, the detail. Yeah, the things I learned were things like, oh, um, apparently Hamilton was originally from, like, St. Like, he's European, but he's, like, from, like, St. Kitts. And that's where he came to America, like, from. Um, I did know that. Yes, yeah, so like little, but like little factoids. I was like, I didn't know that specific detail about Hamilton's life, but mm-hmm. pretty much everything else, I at least was like generally aware that it kind of happened, even if I didn't yeah. know all of the details about it. Um, so, brief history: um, while performing uh, another Broadway hit in the Heights, Lin Manuel Miranda um, read uh, a biography of Alexander Hamilton by Ron uh, Chernow, mm-hmm. uh, Chernow, and then kind of, like, got, was inspired of what a musical, like, kind of adaptation, like, would be. Yeah, and he um, actually wrote a rap based off of Hamilton's life at that time that he performed um, in 2009 for President Obama. He performed that at the White House's, like, evening of poetry, music, and spoken mm-hmm. word, which I think is a really cool thing that that even exists. Um, yeah. And so he performed that rap, and everyone really liked it, and then from there he started writing, like, My Shot, and just, like, generally started, like, working um, on the piece, and then it kind of like developed over the course of a few years before it finally opened as a play um, off Broadway. So, yeah. very, very interesting. Um, and then, just like my expectations going into this, um, since it was put on Disney Plus like months ago, um, and then I wanted to wait to watch it for the first time, like for the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, my family, especially my mom, the, like the week it came out, probably watched it 20 times. <laughs> and it's Every day on the phone, she'd be like, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm going to wait to like talk about it. So the bar for me was set very high. Kind of averaged with, I mean, when I heard the premise, it's like a Broadway musical like that they're rapping about the Founding Fathers. That does not sound good. Yeah. Like, I knew, I knew that Hamilton was good like i knew that everyone loved hamilton but still just like when you just hear the premise you're just like okay so it's about anthony hamilton's life cool or alexander oh my god oh anthony <laughs> oh anthony hamilton is a singer that's why i got mixed good, up good old tony tony <laughs> ham um, the protagonist of our story <laughs> yeah it's like it's like yeah like everyone was talking about how hamilton was good but also when you just hear like oh yeah it's about alexander hamilton's life and it's just like mm, okay cool but then you watch it and you're just like here's my thing it's not even necessarily about alexander hamilton like it is but it really just follows the events around him and it follows all the other main characters just as much as it follows him i feel like yeah yeah i agree so yeah i mean the rest of the like history just like about alexander hamilton i think we're gonna cover just talking about the plot pretty much yeah (laughs) because i think that's the intent so yeah so let's uh get into it yeah so starting off one thing that I really love about this play and that I think it does really well is that there's very little actual dialogue and anytime oh. someone is just speaking, it's normally that they're reading something. Um, and sometimes yeah, even then talking. that turns into a song. Yeah, because to me, like one of the worst parts of any musical is when they switch from dialogue to singing. And so I think the best musicals are the ones that blend those together better. So either by not having dialogue and everything is song or kind of like in a Sweeney Todd style, where um, the conversation naturally flows into the music, you know? With a few exceptions. there, I think there are some musicals where the dialogue is definitely, like, um, 
part of the, like the better part of it, say like the producers. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, but like most of the time, I would completely agree with you. Um, yeah, so we start off with the song Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton and Anthony Hamilton. Um, I, see, I've already making fun of you. This is hard. <laughs> Just stop, Campbell. Just stop making fun of me. Just be nice to me. I'm amazing, so it shouldn't be that hard. It's not hard. You're objectively a wonderful person. Oh, thank you. So are you. Anyway, Anthony Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> the, the kid's smart. Yeah. <laughs> So here's my thing, like off the bat, one of the things that I kind of started to notice um, is that so Alexander Hamilton, there's a very particular way and like cadence to which he says his name when he first introduces himself. And Mm -hmm. if you listen throughout the play, every character, every main character does that. Every main character is like Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr, Sir, um, Eliza, Angelica, like all of them, they introduce themselves very particularly, like in a unique way. And then every Thomas time, Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, and every time at least they or another main character says their name later on in the play, it is always in that same way that they were introduced in. Yeah. Which I think is like a really cool, like unique little thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he has Alexander Hamilton has been orphaned, um, but he's continued to like work, uh, strive for a better life. Uh, his like town like raised money so. Um, they can like send him to New York. In New York, you can be a new man. Yeah, in New York, you can be a new man. I love that line. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and I think this this opening song it actually kind of tells you the entire plot of the play and the high level view because it tells you the entire story of Alexander Hamilton's life, um, and it you immediately uh, start to get a broader like not a broader view like you immediately start to get a basic understanding of the character and what he's been through and where he's going but i think the thing that the play does very well is that it doesn't stop there like from that song alone you can be like oh cool that's the entire plot of the play got it everything's just that unfolding but it goes so much deeper and there's so much more that you learn not just about him but about every individual character in the play as it goes on that it just becomes like the spiral of um, of like detail and information and you just it's honestly really enthralling just watching it you know because you're just yeah. so pulled into the story you just vibe yeah like uh and then the the visuals like the performance and everything is astounding and this is why um i love that they were able to put a live recording of the stage production instead of having to make like a film version of it or something like yes. that yes which there is they would, okay from a pure like business point of view you would make so much money if you did this for like all of these musicals yes so much. also you would be able to pay all these people who are like are out of work right now because um broadway is for sure closed yeah. till at least january 2021 yeah um and i would like to see a lot of these musicals that haven't had film adaptations because there's just so there's a lot you do lose Yes. Um, like there's... When you like transfer it to a movie, uh, the uh, stage work, the costuming, a lot of the choreography. Yeah. Um, the, I don't know, I, just and, that, the and atmosphere is just different. And sometimes even elements of the story, because there are certain ways of telling a story and certain choreographs and things like that, that or choreography and things that are more more adaptable to a stage versus a film. So like, you have to change a lot of things going to a film. And also... Also, me, you have to cut things you have to, cut to make things. it a film length. And at the at the very least, like to me, you lose a lot of... 
I don't want to say respect because I do have a lot of respect for um, film actors, but there is so much more that goes into being that goes into being in a live show where yeah. you can't take a break, you can't try it again. Like no. that's it. No, you know? no, no. It's yeah. just and it's 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 amazing to be able to watch these actors and these artists perform live flawlessly. Like it's just uh yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, and I think that's why, like, certain, like, movie adaptations of musicals that they do incorporate some kind of, like, stage work really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that's one of the million reasons Chicago was so yes. enthralling. Yes. Um, despite literally every other aspect of that movie. <laughs> um, but it's, I don't know, I was very happy to be able to experience this in this format because I don't live, I don't live on the East coast. Yeah. Um, I, especially with these like original, like Broadway casts, I don't have the time or the means. And I feel like a lot of people don't have the means to see these incredible shows. Yeah. And this, this kind of accessibility, um, just like warms my heart. And I almost, I feel, I almost feel bad saying it. But after watching, Don't. after watching this performance by the original Broadway cast, I'm sorry to other thespians out there. I don't want to see another version. Don't try. Like this is the only, <laughs> this is the only version I ever. Because it's not just about the the actors. It's also like the stage, the setup that they had. Like it just. And we'll get into that oh in a lot of detail when we get to satisfied. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Oh, don't even. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's actually talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Uh, Alexander Hamilton gets to New York, uh, 1776, New York City. He wants to make a name for himself. He um, has a lot of aspiration aspirations in life. He, you know, strongly believes what's going on, like, in the colonies is unjust and wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he meets Aaron Burr. Um, Aaron Burr, sir. Played by uh, Leslie Odom uh, Jr. Leslie Odom Jr., who is I understand he carries is, the show. Carries the show. Um, some, I mean, this is really like the only like credit he needs, but just some other stuff he's been in. He's been in that new animated show, like from the producers of Bob's Burgers, uh, Central Park. Mm-hmm. He he plays one of the main people in that. He's been in uh, a bunch of episodes of Law and Order SVU, that show, uh, Person of Interest. That's really good, but. It's really interesting because uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, who plays Alexander Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, so, spoiler, the spoiler, which I don't think we've said yet, uh, he like has talked about. He wasn't sure who he wanted to play, Alexander Hamilton or Aaron Burr, because he felt he was way like much more personality wise than Aaron Burr, mm-hmm. that like a wait and see kind of person. Yeah. So I think that that was like part of the reason he wanted to play Alexander Hamilton because it was different from what he knows. Okay, um, that's interesting. I, and I'm sure, like, he'd be a very successful Aaron Burr, but I don't think to the level of Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, like, I love Lynn Miller Miranda, but Leslie Odom Jr. to me brings a talent and a depth and an electricity to Aaron Burr that, especially in Act 2, that just explodes, and he- You know exactly, sorry for interrupting, but you know exactly- what kind of person Aaron Burr is being portrayed as. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that is that kind of um, pet club student government <laughs> kind of kid in high school. Like, from the get-go, you, like, see 
like this like different forms of ambition between mm-hmm. these two characters. I mean, they're foils to one another. Yes. Um, they're extremes of one another, of what you can be as an ambitious person. Yes. Um, and I think that comes across immediately. And I and, think the way it's written out is that it doesn't... And I, and this is why I think it's so important that you do get a lot of the depth behind the characters besides just Hamilton himself because to me that is what prevents it from becoming almost like cheesy you know what I mean because obviously those types of characters you expect to have like foils to and stuff like that but it could very easily become just like another trope if Mm -hmm. it's not done well and there's not true depth brought to the characters which I think is something that was accomplished incredibly well yeah and this song was definitely very uh my lord (laughs) in the beginning Sweeney Todd my lord yeah. my lord um and it's like oh yeah very much like need your advice like i'd love to be like part of this and stuff and aaron bird's like uh talk less smile more um don't let them know when like, you're against or what you're for exactly which will be mm-hmm. comes up a lot mm-hmm. and then we get introduced to some other very notable people in the fight for freedom against uh, British. Yep. So we uh Lafayette, Henry Mullen, oh. David Diggs. David Diggs, the Marquis de Lafayette. Oh my. I just wanna I... say okay, so we also get introduced to Henry Mulligan and John Lawrence. Also very important characters historically. Yeah. David Diggs though. I just wanna say David Diggs though. I just wanna say Have you listened to his music group? I have not. Clippings? I've heard of Clipping? them. Yeah, it's like experimental, like hip hop. It's it's really good. Okay, obviously. Um, yeah. I just want to say, not only did he do a very cool French accent, but he maintained it both while singing and rapping incredibly fast. And I was just like, "You go!" Like again, live. And I was just like, "Dude, kill it!" Yeah. And then um, also his yeah. hair is glorious. Her- Hercules Mulligan. Um, Played by, and I'm going, I'm trying my best. Um, Okirete Onodoan um, is his name. I think. It's, I'm, I apologize. I just, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I can't pronounce anything ever. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but he's fantastic. And then uh, John Lawrence, played by Anthony Ramos. Um, the camaraderie. It's like hanging with the boys, cracking a cold on a Saturday with the boys. <laughs> cracking, a co- That's... cracking open a cold Sam Adams. <laughs> nice product placement. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so we... Uh, and then we, we have Hamilton off... just talking shit oh, in yeah. a bar. Yeah, I, I love the line, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what do you fall for? Just because oh. it becomes like... Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah, because one, it's a sort of a witty play on that, you know, old adage, but also it becomes a very key part of Burr's character development throughout the play. And I guess yeah. history, but yeah. Yeah. And so and then we get to the song, uh, My Shot, um, which I think th- this song is very much like, yeah, I'm the shit. I'm like talking the talk. You say talk less, smile more. But it's I, it's, I feel like this show and like how he's inspiring like the people um, it's showing he can also walk the walk. He's yes. not just all talk, and that's what this song is saying. Yeah, like he, and it's he a is willing. Central theme to the musical for all the characters. Yes, like he is willing to get down there in the mud. He's willing to do the work to get to where he needs to go, 
but he's not gonna let anything stop him like even people saying like oh you should be quiet or oh you shouldn't speak your opinion so loudly he's like no like oh you should be faithful to your wife yeah exactly <laughs> you know little, um, little basic things like that you know <laughs> yeah and then this is like <laughs> this is a fun note i wrote i wrote nice spelling i think that's what he's like spelling out i guess alexander, alexander hamilton yeah <laughs> alexander i was like way to go <laughs> Um, I will say one of the parts. Enter me, he says in parentheses. I love that. I wrote that line down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of these, one of the lines I really like from this song is when kind of everyone starts singing and John Lauren starts singing to um, some part of a company when they're saying, um, "Tell your brother he has to rise up. Tell your sister she has to rise up. Um, when are all these colonies going to rise up?" So I think that particular line is incredibly interesting because the reason that the American Revolutionary War was so. Um, groundbreaking historically is that it like it was one of the first times in history that a colony like that had actually risen up and successfully revolted and broken away from a major empire like great britain um and not only were we like really the first ones to ever be successful with something like that but because of that success we inspired france for their own revolution which lafayette um and thomas jefferson kind of hint towards um and then that in turn have you ever seen them in the same room together no which is suspicious (laughs) Um, and then uh the joke is they're played by the the same same person (laughs) and then that in turn inspired many other colonies around the world to break away from Great Britain and then also from other powers. And so yeah. I think that line being included specifically in the song, I am not throwing away my shot, really hints to like, um, and this entire play kind of um, hints to like how important and how significant this event was. Um, especially when he says, um, I'm just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. Um, it's just like that we, it was such a new thing and we were just like, we want this so bad and like we have the slimmest chance of achieving it but we're not like any opportunity we get we're not throwing it away yeah yeah and then this song also says like what are these other characters like my shot um we find out for like lafayette is like also a similar thing but like freedom from like the french government yeah freedom for france government freedom for france monarchy i don't know whatever uh mulligans it was very much like getting out of like the social classes that you're like kind of like born into Mm -hmm. um and then um john lawrence is uh he was very notably against slavery yeah uh like in the south like his father like owned like a lot of a lot of slaves like one of the like main slave owners i think Mm -hmm. like in like that kind of area um but it was very much um we're fighting for our freedom. How is this different? And I think he even says, um, we won't be truly free until like everyone is free or something, something along those lines, like very much hinting at like, Hey, you can't say that we are a free country. If we have people that are enslaved on our own, like, yeah. that's not how that works. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, then there, everyone's getting inspired. The company was like, we need to give Hamilton like a platform to speak. Um, and then we get to last call. <laughs> yeah and we get to the song the story of tonight which is very you know uh so like raise your glass if you are wrong in all the right ways <laughs> all my underdogs we will be never will be never be never be anything but loud <laughs> and maybe greedy <laughs> dirty little freaks. dirty little freaks <laughs> won't you come on and come on and raise your glass was this song and uh that's a pink song listeners if you don't know that you should not be listening to this podcast yeah, and so it was very much uh, drunk, inspirational, which we've all been there. Yeah. It's like, I got plans. 
but it's like 3 a.m. <laughs> and it's like, when are you going to do these plans, friend? After $2 rail night. <laughs> at Mojo's in Richmond, Virginia. Um, shout out product placement. Uh, shout out to Mojo's. Um, I miss you. <laughs> um, um, and then it's like, tomorrow there'll be more of us. So they're definitely like believing in the cause. It's like, let's... The story of tonight is this is where it started. This is where we came together and, like, really believed in ourselves that we can, like, bring others to rise up with us. Yeah. And and it really is. Like, there are individual events like that throughout American history that when we discuss the revolution, when we talk about our founding and our founding fathers, there are specific events like that that we do discuss. That's, like, we tell the story of that night. And, like, that night alone was so significant for our nation's history. Yeah. Um, and so then it's like the next day, presumably the next day or a couple days later or whatever. Um, and we have... Time passes. Um, yeah, so we're downtown now. And we see... Um, we get into the Schuyler sisters and Aaron Burr... Who are so talented. Oh my god, they're amazing. Aaron Burr is introducing them. He's like, oh, you know, downtown, you know, some of the rich people like to come and just look at the poor people. <laughs> Which is yeah. a very interesting but sadly true commentary on our society. But Okay, so we have the Skylar sisters. There's Angelica, Angelica Eliza, <laughs> uh, Pike, uh, and Peggy. And Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> so Angelica Skylar, played by Renee um, Goldsberry, who's um, been in tons of things. Uh, One Life to Live, Altered Caught, Urban, The Good Wife. We have Philip Sue, uh, played Eliza. Um, who can riff like nobody's business nobody's business oh. it's not mine <laughs> um and then we have uh jasmine jones played peggy and another character later on i just want to say when peggy introduced herself the immediate image i got in my head is in the producers when uh they're doing all the showgirls and the last one comes oh. out it's just like angelica comes out so beautifully and then eliza sings her name beautifully and it's just like and peggy <laughs> It's like very much uh, like the parody of the Lawrence Welk show on Saturday Night Live with Kristen Wiig. After we and watched I'm it, Judy. <laughs> after we watched it, Matt, who will at some point be a guest on the show as well uh, or podcast, um, he sent me that clip. It was just like, "This is this is Peggy. This is who Peggy is." <laughs> no. Um, so the harmonies and the harmonies while um, doing all those runs, especially at the end of the song, yeah, is it's not. It's not fair for people to be that talented. It's not fair. Also, I was going to say, um, well, obviously, when you're watching a play, there's some suspense of reality and some suspense of belief that occurs. But all I got to say is, Mrs. Schuyler has some explaining to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> those girls ain't sisters. Ugh, <laughs> 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 uh, You keep me young. Um... <laughs> Um, and then we, like, hear, like, a lot about them. They're, like, coming into town for different reasons. Um, Angelica, like, wants to be, uh, later on, she wants to be intellectually stimulated, satisfied. She wants to be part of the cause. And uh, I think, I think she, so. like, is quoting, like, Common Sense by Thomas Paine. Like, Aaron Burr's trying to talk to her, and she was like, oh, you thought. <laughs> Get away from me. But one of the things I think is really interesting is when Aaron Burr is introducing them, um, they kind of say, like, oh, they're looking for men at work. But then when Angelica and, and her sister start seeing it, she says, I'm looking for a mind at work. Which I think is very but interesting. The, I do, but I think they are, like, in all sense, they are looking for men at work. Oh, 100%. 
because it was also like just from the thought of like the work that they want to see done they're looking for these men to also join the work not necessarily working men to have like to be well to do and marry off yes but also in sen- like in the sense it's like okay we're in town now where are these party people at yeah yeah um yeah and so then we end the Skyler sisters oh the turn oh this is also when we first see the stage the t- turn. Oh, yes. So, okay, so the stage for anyone... Turns. <laughs> for anyone who has not been fortunate enough yet to watch the stage, the original Broadway stage production of this play, one, go do it immediately. What are you waiting on? Two, um, so inside, like in the stage, um, there is uh, two wheels like embedded like on the stage floor. Um, the outer wheel... Like both spin separately, so there's like one uh, concentric circle. Con- Thank you. I could not think of the word concentric. I was trying very hard. Um, no problem, friend. <laughs> so yeah, so there's two concentric circles within the center of the stage that can spin in opposite directions, which is or like just not spin and be still. And it is so perfect for creating a lot of the scenes. Uh, one because it creates a movement that is normally either impossible or very difficult and complicated to achieve without that. And two, like, it perfectly allows you to show, like, characters just walking throughout town or walking down the street. You know what I mean? Because they're literally walking naturally as opposed to just walking across a Naturally. Stage. Naturally. <laughs> Another 30 Rock reference for the ages. I have, I have a surprise 30 Rock reference Ooh. when I was doing some research. Okay, I'm ready. Cheers. Cheers. It's refreshing. It is so refreshing. It's just perfect. Okay. So now... Um, We're at Farmer Refuted. So there's the character of Samuel Seabury, played by uh, Thane Jasperson, um, who's very much... These people are all talk. Um, I think we're better off um, under the rule of the British. Yeah. It's very, Which... like, fancy boy, B-O-I. <laughs> um, uh, fancy you boy. Can tell I love he's that. He's a fancy boy. Uh, you can tell with the harpsichord playing, Raven. I was going. Don't you want a harpsichord? I've always wanted. One. I. It's the one instrument that I really, really want to learn how to play. That I don't currently know how to play. Is it that much different than the piano? Um, it has a very different tone. I think like some of the keys, like it's not. It is different enough, but it's not a complete. Is it instrument. like different enough that you also have like uh, like a one of those like pedal organs? Yeah. Like, there's there's it's piano with extra steps. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, but one of the things that I think, I think this is a good point to like kind of talk about it. So, um, I think it's interesting that the instrument is different. The instrument is notable when he is singing because something that I noticed, um, is that the style of music changes completely between when one of the main cast is singing or talking or interacting, um, and when King George or any of his like loyalists are talking and yeah. also with that so in the sense that when it's like one of the main characters like alexander hamilton or aaron burr or something it's much more of a like hip-hop beat, or sometimes like slightly like r&b or whatever um but it's more like hip-hop-esque um and very much in the style of music that has been popularized by like the black american community um, whereas when it's like one of King George or like one of his subjects, it's very prim and proper. it's very prim and proper and very like white, 
Yep, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I I don't agree, but, like, yeah, I just want to put the words in your mouth. Um, uh, I agree. And I, I, think yeah, it's, but, like, I think it's interesting. As in, like, stereotypically. Yeah, stereotypically. Because, like, a lot of that music... Um, just, like, European. Ju- it, it also, a lot of that music in classical music isn't solely from white people. It's not. So. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, that classical like, sort of, like, European Beethoven look. Or was sound. Not, Beethoven was not how... Everyone thinks he's like white, white. He's, he's not. Yeah, no, at all. Um, so which I think it's very cool. But uh, but yeah. it's I think it's interesting to bring up and like an interesting style choice because there's also a very intentional choice that all of the main characters are played by people of color, um, with the exception of, and then all of the like uh, like British loyalists and like and or like King George himself are played by white actors. Um, and so I think that is one, it's sort of like own statement within the play about like, mm-hmm. um, especially as we see more about like, King George's character and like a lot of his songs, I think it's a very intentional choice and it kind of brings its own like message that I think we can maybe talk about at the end because it kind of develops yeah. throughout the course of the play. But. Uh, and this like quickly, um, my friend brought this up today. There's this one like Trevor Noah bit. Um, that he's like talking about like whitewashing in like film and musicals and stuff, mm-hmm. and calls it a reverse Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And the best thing, <laughs> best thing that I thought was interesting because I remember again seeing like stills or clips from the play before actually watching the play, um, and seeing again like Leslie Odom Jr. as Aaron Burr. And I remember thinking, see, I didn't see any of that. I was completely been, blind to everything about him. I've been inundated with Hamilton stuff since it came out. Um, Good use of the. Uh, word in a day. Thank you, Campbell. Um, and yeah, and I remember seeing like Leslie Odom Jr. playing Aaron Burr and I was like, I'm not against it. Like, I'm not against a talented, successful black actor playing one of the main characters in a hit play, but also pretty confident Aaron Burr wasn't black. So I remember being very yeah. confused before I actually watched the play about like the casting choices. But I think and then I cool. can't see it being any other way. Honestly. Um, so yeah, this song is very fancy oh, boy. Is, he doth proclaim too much. Um, and then Hamilton just like trolls him. Um, it was like my dog speaks more eloquently. You're just as mangy. Yeah. Throwing a shade to New Jersey. That's fun. It's always fun to um, shade New Jersey. And then we get to what I think steals the show. Oh. The message from the king. The, the, there's You'll a message from back. the king. There's a message from the king. I Jonathan Groff plays George the Third. He's in a lot. He was Jesse St. James in Glee. Real quick, uh, he, Campbell, I need, I need to say something. Oh, of course. Jonathan Groff, if you are listening to this episode, <laughs> I love you. And I know I have said that about many an actor, a composer, and a director over the course of this podcast. But it's true for you. And um, I, I'm, I currently have a boyfriend, but I can dump him if you're interested. <laughs> He, uh, her boyfriend just stood up in the back. So that's fun. Hey, Bruce. Um, yeah, he is a partnered gay man. Right yeah, now. I know. Um, I so, know. Jonathan Groff, if you listen. <laughs> I just, he is so incredible. Also, my favorite book of his, Kristoff in Frozen. Yeah, Kristoff Frozen. Have you, uh, did you, I haven't seen Mindhunter, but I didn't know his prevalence in Mindhunter. I don't think I've seen that, no. It's on Netflix. I've been told to watch it like a million times, but um, he's got range. Yes. So he is King George the Third, and we get to this song. KG three, as I like to call him. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun. Um, you'll be back, which is very 
It's such a twisted like, love song. It's it's a twisted love song, but the sound of it is very like daydream believer the monkeys. Yes. Oh yes. And one of these one of these I love about the song. I've been song, spending over twenty four hours trying to think <laughs> that sentence. I'm like, what is it? And it's very it's it's a it's a love song. It's like a bad ex boyfriend's like yeah, why an is abusive that? ex boyfriend? Ab- abusive ex boyfriend um, to the colonies. Uh, but I I love the singular line. I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. <laughs> da, da 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 da. And one of the things I um, love about this, so okay, oh. so to me, the best thing about this song is Jonathan Groff's performance. Um, and this is an, again what I mean that like thespians, y'all can try. But you won't top this this original production. I did tell you though, like on I think it was like off Broadway production, or there has been productions of Hamilton that King George the Third is played, played by Taron Killam. Taron Killam, which I think Ooh. I think he has the same vibe. Like I think he could do it as well. Um, but yeah, no, okay. So I love this song predominantly because of Jonathan Groff's performance because oh, it is the so perfect level of creepy, but also like. Like staring into your soul, but like you can't look away. Like it's but also regal. But also regal. And one is okay. So first, two two things I want to note about this performance. Two things <laughs> at the end of the song when he's like doing the da 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 that little like shoulder shimmy that he starts doing. Perfect. I is perfect. literally I wrote down shoulder work. Period. <laughs> also, second thing I want to note, and I will continue to bring this up for the other songs that King George has. When I was watching this, I was trying to figure out how is Jonathan Groff, because Jonathan Groff is a very attractive, charming guy. And I was like, how is he managing to pull off this perfect creep look? And I realized, one, it's the eyes, because it's always the eyes. But because of that, I realized he doesn't blink. He doesn't. Like, okay, I counted. I counted. In this particular song, he blinked six times although two of those were really just him singing with his eyes closed like on the high notes so technically he blinked four times them falsettos oh my gosh so he blinked technically like four and like a half times this is a three and a half minute song the average person the average male blinks 15 to 20 times per minute he blinks four in three and a half minutes and i will bring up in the other songs how much he blinks because it goes the number goes down <laughs> That something I didn't think. I was like, oh yeah, he's like, he's not blinking. Um, I, what's the words? I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the song, the lyric, when push comes to shove, I will kill, oh no, no. I will kill your uh, friends and family to remind you, <laughs> remind you of my love. Yes. Um, da, 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 da. I also love um, when he says, and don't change the subject, and like, there's, he's literally, like, there's like spit coming out of his oh, mouth. Oh, he's foaming at and the And then mouth. he that just was... leaves it there. Also, where did that scepter come from? He was, he was hiding it under the cape, cloak, whatever. Oh, regal thing that Re- regal kings, garb. kings wore in that time. Except for King Midas. He had the finest silks and... <laughs> I hate you. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't hate you. I love you because you're amazing. See, it's hard to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, how, how, how are we how are we gauging that though? Are, are we feeling are we feeling good about it, or should we just go back to normal? I like the being nice to each other. Oh. I think it's been fun. There hasn't there have has not been instances that I feel like I need to yell at you. Oh, that will change. 
Yeah, especially when we're playing music. I was literally thinking the same thing. So then we get to the song. We hear, so there's like troops in New York Harbor. We hear, get, oh, do you want to say No, no, I was going to say like during that part when they're singing like, oh, 32,000 troops in New York Harbor, we see a red coat just straight up murder a girl. Yeah. <laughs> just walk behind her and snap her neck. So then we uh, get to the song Right Hand Man. So we get introduced to uh, George Washington, played by Christopher Jackson, mm-hmm. who um, he was, I mean, Perry Loftus and Oz. Um, he was the chief in Moana. Yes. Also composed by Lynn manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. And Mark Mancina, who deserves a yeah. shout out. Yeah. Yes, of course. We, we will. It's on the calendar. Moana. Indeed it is. Because I love it. Um, also, one thing I want to point out in the song, because um, my friend Jonathan would kill me if I didn't point it out. One of the lines in the song is, I am the model of a modern major general, which is a... Oh, Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, which is very clear reference to Pirates of Penzance, which I love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things I think is very interesting is that, so getting back into some of, like actual American history... Um, George Washington's background. So they the, before this are saying like, oh yeah, we need the man with the plan. We need the guy who's going to get us through this. We need the perfect leader for this. And they picked George Washington. And I was thinking about it and I was like, George Washington actually did have a very good military background for this. Because so George Washington was a, I don't know what his actual like title or position was at the time. But he was Mr. <laughs> But he was sort of like a Mr. George. He was like a maybe a junior officer or general or whatever lieutenant. I think he was a lieutenant um, in the British Army during the French and Indian slash Seven Years War, um, and he fought on he fought like directly or served directly under the like main general um, for the British troops during that war uh, when the American colonies were supporting the British forces. So I think the interesting thing about them fighting in the Seven Years' War is that fighting against the Native Americans and the French, the Native Americans and the French were fighting much more like guerrilla style, especially because it was a lot in like the forested parts like the Northeast. Guerrilla, G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A. Correct, although it's two R's. Ah, damn it. I was, you were, I was, I've been drinking, I've been really, I was really focusing on the U-E-R. But you got, you got it. I got it. Yeah. I got that. Oh, um, but yeah, man. so they were it's fighting okay. a lot. This is why I didn't wear, win the spelling bee in uh, Ms. Kelly's second grade class. But you know what, Campbell? It's okay. No, it's because I lost to Pharaoh. To I know. Something. I know. It was Pharaoh. But it makes you feel any better. In third grade, I lost to spelling bee because of the word basketball, which to this day, I don't know how I spelled it wrong. Like, I truly don't know what I messed up. <laughs> did, did you do like, because you like to be fancy. <laughs> did I do uh, Q, U do instead like, of K? Yeah. Baskets. Baskets. <laughs> 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 no, I honestly don't know. But anyway, so like, yeah, so during during the Seven Years' War, the French and the Native Americans were fighting. A lot of the fighting was in like the forested parts of the East Coast and like Northeast. Um, and so the French and the Native Americans were fighting um, sort of like guerrilla style. And and so like George Washington and the British fighting against them, they were fighting in very like European style battle formations, like with the assumption that there was like going to be a large field where you will meet on either side of the field with your opponent and then you will draw your guns and you will fire. And George Washington Parlay. Par- yeah. Um, and George Washington was just like, Hey, that's not working. Also, I don't know if you've noticed, but red stands out quite a lot in a forest. <laughs> and so the British did not fare very well on the American front of the Seven Years' War. Um, but I think that experience of having fought on the other side of guerrilla warfighting um, 
maybe kind of prepared him a little better for leading the Americans during the American Revolutionary War because they had to adopt that style of fighting to have any chance of defeating the British. And so he had, one, been a part of the British military and knew how they strategized, and two, had fought against guerrilla fighters and had learned how to fight that way, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and so then during the song, um, Right Hand Man, George Washington um, is like, I need a right hand man. And Aaron Burr comes in and he's like, I'm your guy. He was like, oh, nice to meet you. And then Alexander Hamilton comes in and is like, he was actually asked for. Yes. And he's like, Aaron, uh, close the door on your way out. Thank you. And Burr's yeah. just like, wait, but what? Huh? What? Why? Yeah. And then stuff happens. Um, and then we get to a winter's ball. Yes. And we find out both Burr and Hamilton are good with the ladies. That was not needed. Um, it's just like, I mean, there's a lot of things I like in this musical. There are some things I'm like, this is silly and ridiculous. <laughs> why is, why is this a climax of a song? And you know exactly what I'm talking yes. about. Um, and we'll get to it. So then um, we'll get, we get, skip that song. Um, we get to Helpless. So it's like Eliza. I think this song is so cute. Company. It is. It's also very like, into- 90s R&B a little bit. Yes, it is. Yeah. And so Eliza like sees Hamilton. And just completely enthralled. Yeah. And then Angelica's like, I'm gonna be a good sister. I'm gonna be wingman. Um, and it's very, I'm so into you. Um, still into you, Paramore. Um, yeah. Also, I could, like, weirdly see, like, Destiny's Child singing this song. Just, like, the interesting, like, 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 like R&B style of it. I think it's really cool. I mean, I can see them singing. Yeah. Anything. Um, and then we, we, they, like, meet. They get introduced. Um, Alex and Eliza, Alex and Liz. Um, <laughs> what? Um, that's, that, that's their names, Raven. Um, and then, like a week later, they're writing every day. Two weeks later, asking your dad for like marriage permission. Which is like, I feel like even then, that's a little quick. <laughs> that's quick. And then, I, then he like openly says, like Angelica keeps on flirting with him the entire time, or like Eliza says, like. Angelica's always super flirty with him. And oh, Peggy she wants like, to start a harem. And then she's like, well, you know, I'm just saying if you really love me, you would share him. And it's just like, at the time, it's just like, mm, that's a little weird, but okay. Okay. But then, like, getting married, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that as they're married, like, as they're getting married, um, you hear the line again, in New York, you can be a new man. So it's literally like him, like, reinventing himself. Like, now he's found um, his fortune, sort of. You know, like, he's no longer penniless. He's marrying rich. He's also found his family. Yes. And he's like, he's now become, he's a little orphan boy. He's getting to the point that he, the level of success that he wanted to achieve. He has made a name for himself and now he's starting over and making a new family. And he literally says to Eliza, like, this is where I come from. I would never put you through that. Although he like, Loki does a little bit, but like, eh. Yeah, but at the same time, Eliza's like, I don't care about all that. Yeah. I don't care if I'm put through, I don't need money. I just like, we're in love. Yeah. That's all I need. We're good. like, Eliza's such a sweetheart. Oh, man. She is the nicest person. Um, Angelica knows her mind as well. Whatever the... Um, I know my is. sister like I know my own mind. Yes. But yes, yeah, so then... Okay, so this is again where the moving stage comes into play. So we see the wedding reception and Angelica's giving a toast to the bride, to the groom, mm-hmm. or to the groom, to the bride, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> To my sister. <laughs> oh. And then um, you see, like, they say rewind. And the... the actors literally start rewinding their bodies like the motions that they've been doing on stage in like real time and it is it's the coolest oh my god i've it's ever so, seen it's, it's from the like a stage only performance. time i've ever seen a person 
do slow-mo in real life and actually make it look good. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. You're just <laughs> looking for me for a response, but yeah. continue. Um, but yeah, so this this entire scene, this is my favorite scene of the play, simply because of just how well it is executed. And also, I love this song. So, so we rewind. We've seen Eliza's side of the story with Helpless and how she immediately fell in love with him and all this stuff. And then we see what is Angelica's side of the story. The same um, night. And do you relate to this at all? So much. It is so it much. Kind of bad. It is bad. But it's like it's like the, the, the amount to which I understand Angelica's character kind of scares me a little bit. But also she's like, she's great. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to think further. Um, La da 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 da. Um, yeah, so we see Angelica's side of the story. And she physically met Hamilton first. Had a little, like, it was two minutes, maybe three minutes of conversation. Um, and then she fell in love with him immediately for his wit. And for the back and forth they were able to have, and the intellect, uh, his wit, his wit, um, and the <laughs> intellect of their conversation, and the fact that he could keep up with her, and he, she could keep up with him, and then he's an equal for the first time. Yes. Um, so not Aaron Burr, <laughs> and then she says like, "Oh," and then I see my sister, and she is helpless, and her eyes are just helpless. Um, and then she says, oh, "I love this part so much because she's like, oh, I realized they found those shoes at the same time." One. I have to marry rich. I'm the eldest yeah. daughter of a man who has no sons. Like, I mm-hmm. cannot allow myself to fall in love and marry someone who's penniless, no matter how much I care for him. Two. Two. He is interested in me because of who I am. Yes. Like, because Where of I my name. From. You know? Because of my name. Yeah. And she was like, he can still get that from Eliza, and Eliza can still be in, like, while fulfilling Eliza's happiness, and enough of what he wants, you know? And Eliza's yeah. a great person, so he'll be... That is enough. He'll be at least... That would be enough. Oh, I love Eliza. And then, and I, I love how number three is just, she's great. Eliza is an amazing person, and I love her, and she doesn't deserve to be unhappy. Yeah, and it's also the point that um, if I would say something, she is too nice to kind of fend for herself. She yes. would be like, I'm fine, this is for you. Yes. I will put... My happiness for myself. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, and she's like, yeah, she would, she would. At least he's still in my life. She'd be silently Which resigned. Is... He'd be lying. And she'd say, I'm fine, but she'd be lying. And she was like, and yeah. I, she's too trusting and kind. She's too much of a great person. I can't let her do that. So I will do that. Ugh, so then that we like see, we hear like the toast again, but we have this context now. Yes. And it's just so much sadder. And again, it's like the drunken guys, you know, the boys hanging out. But yeah. I, also, I love how so at the end when they're when Aaron Burr shows up and they're just like, "Oh, I heard you have your own lady lover, Aaron." Um, and then uh, Hamilton's like, "Oh, you should have brought her." And he's like, "Oh, it's unlawful because she's married." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "She's married to a British officer." And he's like, "Oh shit!" And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I just love the realness of that line. Where like, like even like Lin-Manuel Miranda's like face just he's like, "Oh shit, okay, damn." Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, that during the story of Tonight Reprise, where well, boys will be boys, just, like, they're just getting drunk. Yeah. And then we get to the song Wait For It. I love this song. Which is, which is uh, Aaron Burr's character flaw. Yes. And it's him explaining, this is where I come from. This is why, no matter how much I might want to, I can't be like oh, Hamilton. Yeah. Like, he, he says... Hamilton, like, Hamilton comes from nowhere. He has everything to prove and nothing to lose. So it works for him to be open mouth and, like, outlandish and, like, to say all Which these is things. 
objectively untrue. Yeah. Like he That Aaron Burr doesn't understand. Yes. And in Aaron, he's just like, well, my parents, like, I come from, like, there's a legacy I have to protect. Oh, yeah. They, like, they left nothing to me. Except just the, the pressure of the legacy. Yes. Yeah. But I do like how he says of long... Which, honestly, fuck that. Yeah. Um, but I do legacy love... Legacies are found not by the person who leaves them, but how they're remembered. True. But just, like, just physically the way Leslie Odom Jr. sings the lines, I am the one thing in life I can control. I am inimitable. I am an original. See, which is also interesting, um, just, like, taking, like, personally, there are some instances uh, I can't control myself. Yeah. True. And, like, uh, with his, like, Aaron Burr's, like, passions and um, tendencies, he can't control himself either. That's the thing I think is so interesting is that, like, as why the, are you trying to be so detached from yourself? As the story goes on, you. you see that he truly does have strong beliefs and strong stances. He just feels like he can't show them. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, there's a little bit more that I want to say on that, but like, there's other parts that need to happen before it makes sense. No. So yeah, so now we're at stay alive. Um, yeah. I'm just like going to war. Let me lead some people. Washington's like now, which also you understand a little more. And a couple more songs. Yeah, and so they put Charles Lee. Uh, um, what's his name? I Char- can't no, it's Charles Lee. Charles Lee, but the actor oh. John Rua, um, he was also in the cast of SpongeBob, the musical on Broadway. Um, <laughs> that was not none of that was necessary. Um, but yeah, so we get to stay alive, and um, Charles Lee is put in charge of the commands that Alexander Hamilton wants. And he, and he sucks at immediately it. gets so many men killed. And Washington is just like, okay, well, tell Lafayette to take charge. And Hamilton's just like, but I could do it so much better. But also Lafayette's fine. So, yeah. yeah. And then... Yeah, and he does a great job. And then, like, Lee dismisses, like, Washington. And then we get to... Uh, the ten dual commands. Hamilton's like, yeah, I can't do anything. And Lawrence is like, oh, I can't. Yeah, the ten dual commandments. And one of the things I think is like, interesting is that when John Lawrence is because Hamilton's like, Oh, I can't obey I can't disobey a direct order, which Washington directly told him, like, do not get involved. And John Lawrence was like, Oh, I can do something. And I love like at that point, like Hamilton which says Which is also very like the character of John Lawrence and how like what he believed in was so like faux pas. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that's his that's him. That's him. He was like, I don't care what other people say. I think what I think because I know it's right. Yes. Like, I know that this is the right thing to do and I'm not going to let anyone tell me that it's not regardless of how to respect them. Uh, But I love that, like, at this point, Hamilton says, don't throw away your shot, Um, which is something that he says multiple times later on throughout the movie that I think becomes very important by the end. So I just wanted to bring it up now. So the Ten Dual Commandments, which is very much like the Ten Commandments. I love this But also... It's like, it, it does stem from, like, the sound of it and things like that. The Ten Crack Commandments uh, by Notorious B.I.G. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, which is amazing, because I love Big Smalls. Um, which is, like, it's like that connection is, like, it's in the credits. Oh, like, that kind of okay. acknowledgement. Um, like, the elements of Ten Crack Commandments is used by permission. Gotcha. So, um, that's pretty cool that was a really cool uh like the way they showed it and i also thought it was um it seemed very sesame street to me one two three four <laughs> five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve you know 
You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I do. <laughs> like the, uh, the like pinball animation? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did think it was very interesting. And I guess maybe historically accurate? But I don't death. know. But I thought it was very interesting <laughs> that Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton were the seconds. And you see them, like, when you see them, like, coming together, like, around the time of the duel, it's, it's kind of a lot of foreshadowing. And I also think it makes sense because um, Charles Lee was just like, oh, Washington doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. And so does Aaron Burr. It's like, oh, he didn't see my work. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. So it, it did make logical sense. Like, I don't know if that part was historically accurate, but it doesn't really matter. So. Yeah. So they duel. Lee loses. He doesn't die. I don't think he dies there. A lot of people don't die. Like, you can die, obviously, because it's a duel, but they do usually have a doctor on hand. Yeah, but, like, also, if you're, like, prepared to, like, shoot someone, like, in a duel, you should be ready to die. Yeah. Like, you should be prepared for the idea of taking a life, which, uh, yeah, I feel like none of the characters Hashtag Philip Hamilton. But again, I Um, feel like that, I feel like that speaks to the youth and recklessness of the characters. At this point, all of these characters are very young. They're all in their 20s. You know? Yeah. Um, and so and then it makes sense. Washington that. is like super against it. It's like, these young men don't speak for me. We get to meet me inside. Hamilton's not apologetic whatsoever. Nope. And it's very, it's like, you're not my real dad. <laughs> he literally says, call me son one more time. And he's just like, son. It's like down. very like Kylo Ren. You're not <laughs> yes. my real dad. Uh, which he does the, not my, you're not my real dad, like stance, like <laughs> arms behind your back. Um, and he's like, go home. And then Eliza is psyched. Because she is the Preggers. The Preggers that we find out in That Would Be Enough, which is a beautiful I, song. This song literally almost brought me to tears. Just like Because this song is very much, like, I understand you have ambitions, you want to have a legacy, you want to have things like this, but, like, legacies, ambitions can be directed to other things. Yes. Wouldn't it be enough just to be happy? Yes. And for Alexander Hamilton, it's, it's not, not. Because he sucks. And I think that's the saddest thing about this relationship is that, because again, it goes back to, I will never be satisfied. Um, like, Eliza is satisfied. Like, she's saying, like, she's she's like, I don't care about the money. I don't care about your status. I just love you. And I want you to love me back. And for me, like, if I could be enough for you, that would be enough for me. That's it. Yeah. That's all I need to be happy But she, she could never be enough for him because yeah. he sucks. Yeah. And she's just an angel of a person. Yeah. And then we get to Guns and Ships. During which David Diggs is rapping very fast in a French do accent. Do they breathe? I don't think they do. I think they have mastered some magical Circular arts. breathing? Oh, I was going to say magic and voodoo. but you know. <laughs> can, can, Is circular breathing a thing while like singing? I don't think so. I think it's more of like playing breath-controlled instruments. I don't... Yeah. Because cause to me, like... With a, with I'm very out of practice for circular breathing. In my prime, I could do it no problem. Yeah. So, listeners, that's when, like, I can continuously breathe through my nose and exhale really through my mouth. Which is, ha- <laughs> being, someone, being someone who has never played, like, a breath-controlled instrument is an insane skill to me. Anywho. But yes, guns and, and ships. Yeah, they're like, Lafayette's like, yo, you know who we need? And then Eliza doesn't hesitate. It's like, you have to go. Yeah. Which, which I liked. Which I think is, yeah, I liked a lot. And then we get to the song, History Has Its Eyes on You, which I think is a very important song. Yes. Because it's also, it talks about, like, the control of, like, one's narrative. It talks about, like, when you put yourself in these positions, when you have these ambitions, uh, the kind of scrutiny that you will forever be under. The pressures you cannot let up on 
if you want to achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah. And Washington is very much like, I fucked up my first command. Um, history will never forget that. I was very, this is like what you were like referencing before, um, son. That was, it was like, I've messed up. I see what this can do to a person. I don't really want that for you. Yeah. Or I can see it going wrong for you. So here's some advice. There's no escape from history's eyes. Yeah. Like whatever you do from here on out, good or bad, everyone will know and everyone will be watching. Yeah. Happy dance. Happy dance. Yeah. And so then we see we begin to the song Yorktown, the world turns which upside was like down. One of which is like the last like decisive battle of the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Like there was still like there were like tiny actions. skirmishes. Skirmishes. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, but this was like it is. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> this is when the the war. The, the, the war as a whole. People ended. surrendered. Yes. Yeah. And I love the line um, uh, between Lafayette and Hamilton. Immigrants, we get the job done. Because to me, that's a very big part of what, like, part of the message that this play is kind of sending, especially with the very intentional casting of all the main American revolutionary characters as people of color. Because to me, it's very much saying, like, hey, this nation was literally built by people of color, like immigrants, black Americans, etc. You know? And to yeah. me, like, that line alone is just like, yes. Yes, they do. Immigrants do indeed get the job done. Yeah. Um, and then we... Yeah, we see where, like, the different... The boys, where they at. Lawrence is in South Carolina. Um, spoiler, he dies there. Um, Lafayette is in uh, Chesapeake to catch the British. Um, shout out to Chesapeake. Um, hey, my parents live there now. <laughs> um, shout out to Chesapeake Bay Foundation. They do a lot of good work. They, and they should hire me someday after I have my PhD <laughs> in environmental engineering. Just saying. Um, yeah, we found out like Hercules Mulligan is uh, a spy uh, because he was like a tailor. He was a British like, tailor, yeah. A British tailor, and I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Which was so um, cool. And the song's like, the world was turned upside down. Like you were saying yeah. in the very beginning. Like, this was the episode. first time in history something like this had happened. Especially given that, like, yes, from a geo mass standpoint, we were technically way bigger than the island of Britain. But from a power standpoint, we were minuscule compared to them at the time. So, yeah, the world was yeah. literally turned upside down. And then we get to the song "What Comes Next,", next. Um, which I love. I love next? the line. Okay, bum, bum, you won bum. the war. Awesome! Wow. <laughs> awesome! Wow. <laughs> but I think this this is really important because it, uh, this song also goes into like obvious like King George the Third's like okay fine you're on your own but leading is not easy yes. yeah like you don't like submit to me anymore but you're going to have a lot of issues yeah. And I just can't wait to see how you deal with them. Yeah. And again, yeah, it's it's much harder when it's your call. Yes. Which is such I like felt that so deeply. Yeah. Because it is so much harder. It's something you don't really think about, and it's something that like um, was King George a good king? At least coming from the American standpoint, absolutely not. But no. But. Again, like, yeah, when you're put in that exact same position and you have to make those tough decisions knowing it'll make people unhappy, 
You know? Like, sometimes you can't always be the good guy. When people hate you, don't come crawling back to me. Fast forward to 2020. <laughs> oh, yikes. Um, also, shrugs. I do want to point out, because I said I would before, this song, at least that I saw, Jonathan Groff does not blink the whole time. Which is, how long is the song? Ooh. I, Did you not have that ready? I, I'm a terrible person. Be nice, Gable. It's fine. No, it's this. fine. It's fine. You were, like, already looking extra into this. Don't be judgmental, Campbell. You're trying to be nice right now. It is a minute and a half. So in yes. three and a half minutes, he blinked uh, like four to six times. In a minute and a half... In three and a half minutes, he blinked infinitely more. Te- yes, technically, yes, you are correct. Which is the best kind of correct. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Uh. Um, oh, man. Just like, there's so many characters I love in this. Especially, like, you know, uh, David Diggs everything he plays but king george the third the character is just just steals the show yes and he's only on stage like four times what a good gig uh, like it's just so well done so well yeah. written so well executed all right yeah. so then we get to the song. after the war yeah dear theodosia i Love. I was I was confused at first. No, no, I did it. I did put together that they ended up together and had a daughter with the same name. I don't think they ended up together, but she got pregnant by him. <laughs> oh, I like. I was confused when it's like my eyes and your mother's name. I was like, wait a second. Oh, yeah. I was like trying to do some like math in my head. It, 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 I was confused, uh, but, but I... it's very. This is like another song that's like foils to one another. Yes. Hamilton and Aaron Burr. And you know what? Yeah, they ain't so different after They're all. They're not so different. And I love that this song comes specifically at this moment. So this is like, they're both singing to their children. Aaron is singing to his now daughter. Hamilton is singing to his son, Philip. And they're both singing about like, you know, now there can be a better world for you. Like, at the end of the day, I did this for you. And I love that this song came specifically at this moment right after they won the award. Because to me, it reinforces the idea. What that, comes next? It, yeah, it reinforces the idea that, like, all of this, everything they did, everything, like, as humanity, like, as a race, like, well, granted, like, there are some people who like, don't want to have kids and, like, stuff like that or can't have kids, like, all that stuff. But, like, generally, whenever we put ourselves through something extreme, whenever we go to extreme measures, the end result, the intent is, like, we're doing it for our children, for the next generation, for our future, you know? And I loved the fact that this song came specifically at this time to kind of, like, reinforce that idea of, like, at the end of the day, they wanted a better future for themselves, but for their children. Yeah. yeah. Which is just, like, what this song is. Yeah. Um, then we get to Tomorrow There'll Be More of Us. Yeah, which is a very sad song. Um, and we get find a letter out, from yeah. John Lawrence. He did. Um, no, not from John Lawrence, from his father. Oh, yeah, from, it's from his father. But we find out John Lawrence, yeah. Um, he got killed when the war already ended. When they, um, and then, like, does realize his, like, John Lawrence wanted to, like, emancipate, like, 3,000 slaves. And, like, originally, like, one of the first battalions, um, it was part of, like, his inheritance, like, 30 slaves that from his father that he was able to um form a battalion of oh okay with yeah like originally like in hopes of like them being able like it's still i mean obviously still fucked up 
but as a way for like to like pay for their freedom mm-hmm. um was like the way he went about trying to convince people for that to be a thing yeah and then everyone's like no what are you talking about like we have freedom they're not people yeah and yeah whatever wild. um wild and then um in the letters like brings up the dream again and then hamilton is just so distraught and so caught up with himself like he has been the entire mm-hmm. musical he ignores it cheers cheers non-stop non-stop yes which is a very funny title because we just took a 30 minute break to just talk about our lives and <laughs> shoot the shit non-stop so they're both lawyers now yes and uh hamilton um he like it's like involved with the first murder trial which is honestly cool. kind of cool yeah yeah and then they're like, uh, Aaron Burr's like, why do you assume you're the smartest in the room? I hate when people say that. Because it's obviously not I'm not assuming, of... I just know. Not that. <laughs> uh, someone did bring that up to me. It was like, yeah, there's people that think they're the smartest in the room. And I was like, yeah, I understand, like, having a problem with that, like, people's egos, whatever. But there's, like, some people that they are the smartest people in the room, yeah. and that's just a fact. And they didn't agree. And, like, my example was literally you, Raven. I was like, you know my friend Raven. I say that as a joke. What do you mean? <laughs> There's the, like, times I objectively, like, not saying, like, the people you hang out with are stupid, um, because we only associate ourselves with, like, very thoughtful people. Yeah. But I think in a lot of situations, Raven, you are the smartest person in the room. Whether that you acknowledge it or not, that's just a fact. Thank you. I do not agree, but I appreciate the compliment. But, like, yeah, because you're wrong, (laughs) but it is true, um. But, like, the fact that Aaron Burr is, like, using it as an insult, and a lot of people do this a lot, it's like, you think you're so much better than everyone else. Yeah. In a lot of ways, like, that is really shitty. Yeah. Like, that's not yeah. how you should view people, but at the same time, you're you're feeding into this image as well. Absolutely. And in some situations, some people are just in a certain category, certain Yeah, like, maybe only objective, in that one field, they but do they are. perform better. Yes. Objective. And to me, like, to me, that's the thing, at least in the beginning, that really is honestly frustrating about Aaron Burr's character is that he's, like, playing the victim, almost, because, because Hamilton is... I don't care about this trust fund boy <laughs> playing the victim. Because Hamilton is low-key just kind of, like, living his life. Like, there are things he does where, yes, he will get a leg up on Burr, or he will be preferred over Burr, but it's... And there's things they disagree on, and they're very public about yeah. it, but it's not like... Hamilton's intention is not to take down Aaron It's never Burr. to put Aaron him down. Aaron Burr's intention is to take down Alexander Absolutely. Hamilton. Like, Hamilton is just like, and like, at the beginning, you see, like, Hamilton actually almost looks up to Burr. Like, he comes to him, like, hey, I want it's, to get into this. You role. know what this exactly is? This is the laundry scene in Chicago when Roxy goes <gasps> to Velma Kelly yes. and be like, hey, I press your delicates for you. I, like, really respect you. Do you have, like, any advice for me? It was like, yeah, keep your paws, paws off, off my underwear. underwear. Yeah. 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 It, it literally is And then exactly later that. on, Velma Kelly is like, I need you. I I can't do this alone. Which we see in Aaron the second Burr's act like, when Aaron Burr's... I need your votes. Yeah. And Alexander Hamilton's like, yeah, no, this is what it is. It's... And it, which is, I, like, recently saw The Godfather for the first time. It's not personal. It's just business. Yeah. And Aaron Burr is very, it's, it's personal, personal. In every sense of the word. And Hamilton is just like, I'm just living my life trying to advance my career and stand up for what I believe in. And ruin my family. And ruin my family. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's just like, at no point is he seeking to put Burr down, but Burr is no. choosing to take that. Burr beat. is not, Hamilton is in Burr's mind rent-free. Yes. I love that saying. I do too. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. So. Okay, so that's like a lot, the beginning of like nonstop. And then we find out um, Alexander Hamilton's always writing. Uh, yeah. He was chosen for the Continental Congress. Oh yeah, like why do you write like you're running out of time? Which of that line comes back later on in the point as well. But yes, yeah. continue, Candy. Because he's like never satisfied. There's more. Uh, there's always more I can be doing. Mm-hmm. There's always more. There's like so much to be done. From King George III's words, he's like, "You think this is easy? No, it's not." And like Hamilton understands that there's like a lot that needs to be decided. A lot that needs to be like conversed with one another. Proposing like own forms of government, like national credit systems, like he's yeah, uh, like, and then he's like real talk to Aaron Burr. You're a better lawyer than I am. Yeah, he legitimately says that. Do you believe in the U.S. Constitution? He was like, yeah, I do. Then why aren't you fighting for it? Yeah, and then we, which is like the story of Aaron Burr's life. It's just like if you if you truly honestly believe in this, why don't you say it? Why don't you fight for it? Exactly. And so then it was, uh, who are the characters? Huh, characters. Who are the founding fathers? Uh, it was Hamilton. Was it Madison? Hamilton, James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, sort of John Adams. Not, not Thomas. No, I'm talking about the Federalist Papers. Oh, the, fe- the Federalist Ham- Papers was uh, Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, and James Madison. Okay. Yes. Um, I love how you said John Jay. Um, that's fun. That's his um, name. What do you mean? Yeah. I Like, it's... It like that the, the sequence that you said it, it was like kind of like John Jay, I don't know. John Jay. <laughs> I just like that name. Um, and they like wrote the Federalist Papers, which was uh, a defense of the Constitution. Yeah, it was a series of essays defending the Constitution that they wanted to get pushed through, which a lot of people weren't yeah. in fan. A lot of Southerners, but a lot of people weren't in fan in favor of at the time. I mean, but like they're like everything about New York, they had like. And later on, like, with all the banks and stuff, like, like that area of the country, they held all the power. Yeah. A lot of critics of Alexander Hamilton that he just wanted, like, a monarchy with extra steps. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Because um, cause a lot of his plan had the federal government holding at least a quite... A lot of power. A lot of the power and a lot of the wealth of the nation. Yeah. Yeah. So, this when we get to, like, the climax of the first act, which is the dumbest part of the, of the musical... It's just so stupid. Um, they were like saying like, the, so those three men who were writing the Federalist Papers, the essays, like this guy wrote a few pages. This guy wrote like this amount of pages. Um, John but Jay Alex- wrote one and then got tired. James Madison, which I think is hilarious. James Madison wrote 29. Uh, Hamilton wrote the other 51. But they like shouted and they're yeah. like, this is the climax of our story so far that he wrote 51 pages of like something. that 51 like, was, like, essays. Their- 51 essays of something that was, which was barely used. Yeah. um, Because it's the Federalist Papers, um, which Raven's family has. Yes, we Um, have a copy of it, which I have read, not all of them, but I've read a decent, I've read some of James Madison's works, but I just really like James Madison. And this is like, kind of like, brings me to like, my original thoughts of what this uh, musical would be. Um, I was like, like, hip hop rap version of the Founding Fathers history. That sounds super lame. (laughs) This part is what you thought it was. Yeah. Is what I thought it would be. 51 pages. Yeah. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage is the voice I'm doing for some reason. Um, That's dumb. That's I did, I did not like that part. Yeah. I did either. I'm like, <laughs> like, this is comical. 
Because um, I, I get George that. It, way. I get that it fit with the theme of like, oh, why do you write like you're running out of time and blah blah. blah and Hamilton writes so much, but it's like again by this point, like we've established that he writes so much, and like at the beginning when he's talking about, I write because of where I come from. I write because of where I want to be, and I write because of yeah. the 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 unimpeachable thoughts that I have that I need to share with the world. We get all of that, and we don't need you screaming in our face that he wrote fifty one of the eighty four or eighty five. Um, Federalist Papers, we don't need that. We know. Because yeah. we have the books. We have the receipts. But Stupid. one of the things I do like about this song is that okay. it ends, um, just before intermission, it ends with like each of the characters, like each of the main characters from Hamilton so far. So Eliza, George Washington, Aaron Burr, Lafayette, all of them like singing at Hamilton about like kind of about like what their relationship with him is so far. So I think like Eliza is singing lines from That Would Be Enough. Um, it's like stop working so much. Yeah, George Washington singing lines from History Has His Eyes on You. Um, Aaron Burr, I forget what song he's singing lines, but all of them are singing lines from different songs that we've heard. So was it far. Aaron Burr, sir? It might have been. Oh, was that later that they like reprised that like in another song? I mean, they do it multiple times, but yeah, yeah um, and yeah, and so like they're all singing songs from, like or singing lines from different songs that they've had with Hamilton, and then he ends it with "I'm not throwing away my shot." Like, don't tell me not to do this because it's george washington asking him if he wants to be the secretary of the treasury which yeah. he accepts obviously as history has shown us yeah treasury of state treasury um and he's like not throwing away my shot i wrote down fun medley so yeah exactly what you yeah. just said and then we get to the intermission yes what do you think so far um so far i think I think the play at this point is very, very good. I think if if the play had ended at this point, I would have left disappointed. But yeah. with a couple of very, very good performances so far, namely, you know, you'll be back satisfied and helpless. Like, like there are amazing performances in the first half, but in the first half, it's still very much rising action. Like, it's still very much the big things haven't happened yet, and You've seen a lot of uh, you've seen the characters do a lot of things, but you still don't know a lot about the characters yet. You know? Yeah. So I think I think so far it's good as a setup, but the story is not completed on the second act, obviously, because that's why it exists. Yeah. So, second act, we get into the song What I Miss, which is I love this so much. Okay, so David Diggs is no longer playing uh the Marquis de Lafayette. He's playing Thomas Jefferson right now, good old TJ. Which uh, a lot of Virginians are just horny for 24-7. Oh, yes. Virginia look at, loves Thomas Jefferson. Look at University of Virginia. They University of Virginia, Thomas off. Jefferson High School. They, like, good old TJ. Um, they had a really good marching band. Um, That's just an aside. Um, but, so we have Thomas Jefferson coming back to America. He was... Um, in France, as an ambassador. In France, yeah, he was an ambassador to Paris. Which I kind of, I kind of um, do like that they specifically had David Diggs come back as Thomas Jefferson because it's like the continuation of Lafayette. Because Lafayette did leave and go back home for the revolution, and then it makes sense that he would be coming back, quote unquote, as Jefferson, who would have been in France as the ambassador and presumably have known Lafayette. You know. Yeah, and so this song is very like. Boogie woogie. Yes. And I yes. Love it. And the way he's li- it's very like prancing like no pun, stage. No pun intended, but like the Jeffersons. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and during the song, he is truly, true to the word, prancing around the stage. And I love it. And it's like this like view of Thomas Jefferson, this portrayal of Thomas Jefferson is like what I see, like what we've seen a lot of Virginians like see him as. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this like unbounded confidence. Just um, like this badass doo-wop hip-hop bad boy. Yeah. Um, he like raises the roof <laughs> and, it, and like he pulls it off because it's Divi Diggs. Um, and he was like, yeah, Miss Virginia. And I was like, same. Yeah. Um, and then he's going to be Secretary of State James Madison who uh, um, Mulligan's actor mm-hmm. is now James Madison as well. Um, greets him and was like, yo, a Hamilton. He cried. Uh, he's crazy. He just <laughs> wants government control. He's going to be a problem. And so then like what I'd miss is very much was like, yeah, this revolution. I was like tying things over with France, stuff like this. Um, done with the war. What I miss, complete government political turmoil. Yes, that you are stepping back into. Uh, yeah, Tem- Thomas Jefferson's like demeanor at the beginning of the song is very uh, laissez-faire. Wonderful use of a uh, incredibly relevant French term for our See, government. it's funny because like you're trying to be nice and I feel because <laughs> we're still on that But I also do want nice to be to nice to you because I feel like I mean to you a lot. And while I like that in its own way, you deserve Yeah, life. because you edit out all the times you mean to me in this podcast. But I keep in all the times you're mean to me. And that's yeah, why I do it. the editing. <laughs> it's fine. I do everything else. Um, wow. Da, 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 da. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> I'm not meaning that in a mean-spirited way. Just factual. Just truly, yeah, 100% factual, yes. I feel like we're going to devolve going back to normal. But, but let's keep trying. Let's keep another. trying. Like, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> okay, so... Hamilton's going to be a problem. So they go to cabinet battle number one, uh, okay. which is. I love the fact I, that this is a literal rap battle complete yeah, with like a mic that, drop. Yeah. GW is like the MC. And so, yeah. So MC Thomas Jefferson. Sorry. I just... Continue. Continue. Oh, no, that was it. Because I assumed it? you. No. 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 Can't uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we like that fuck you. So it starts off with Thomas Jefferson, um, who's very much, you know, quotes like the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. He's all about states' power, individual rights. Uh, he thinks uh, Hamilton's view of the government is like too controlling to like big government. Um, and then Hamilton was like, you know, talking back, and he's like, "You're saying like you're so proud of like your individual rights, your states' power. We know who's really doing the planting." Mm. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. Virginia, Monticello, Thomas Jefferson. Also, I think in... Did you ever visit Monticello as a field trip? I actually did not. I think I was like one of the only children in Virginia that didn't. Yeah. Because you did like the normal. You did like... We did Jamestown, Yorktown, Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Well, because we're also in the 757, so we're fairly far from Monticello. The 757. I'm all about the 804 okay, um, RBA all day. Um, uh, objectively well, better. Uh, so are you saying like, are you saying that like Virginia Beach is better than Richmond? Is that what you're telling me? So my instinct is like, uh, of course, but also I love Richmond. Like I do truly love Richmond as a city. And like it's Virginia Beach. So anyway, um, 
But back to Hamilton saying, like, oh, we know who's really back doing the planting. Back to reality. Yep, there goes gravity. In what I, what I miss, Jefferson does uh, ask Sally for his letters. And I could be wrong, but I believe Sally was the name of his, we have to say alleged, um, black slave mistress. Um, and so a very... Uh, pointed note from Hamilton about who's really doing the planting down there in Monticello. So. Yes, it's not it's not just that lyric, but like the people involved. Yes. yes. It, 100%. Um, do you know who's a descendant of Thomas Jefferson? I don't know, but probably some black person. Tracy Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I got you again with he the Tracy say Jordan. He that in 30 Rock. Oh yeah, he gosh. plays Thomas Jefferson in like some movie yeah oh wow yeah no that's a that's a perfect I got you that again. is a perfect this, 30 rock reference and everyone knows the comedy rule of three um this that like the my final one is going to blow your mind oh this is another okay i'm ready i'm not yeah, ready one of the actors was in 30 rock um and then uh thomas jefferson james madison like after like george washington's like you know what i'm gonna go with thomas jefferson yeah and Thomas Jefferson's like, oh, you don't have the vo- the vote. Ha 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 ha. Um, which is very, you know, don't push me because I'm close to, to the, the edge. edge. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Ha ha. Like, let me clear my throat just a <laughs> little bit. Clear my throat. Okay, no. you're about to send me on a whole musical spiral. So. Yeah, but like, it's not a spiral. It's a journey. And it's ev- <laughs> something everyone should go through because that's like quality music. True. Um, but like, that was the... The feeling, the aura, the vibe yeah. of Thomas Jefferson. Like, ha, 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 ha. Um, very man-dark, ha, 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 ha. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. And that's, that and that's the last reference I got for a, that laughter sequence, which shouldn't have been given that much attention. That was perfect. And then okay. we get to take a break. And, and he is sitting there writing a letter to Angelica, who is over oh, in Europe. Also, same thing. Like So, like, these, in Act 2 these characters are, like, aged. And, yeah. like, for Alexander Hamilton... Time has obviously on, like, passed. Yes. It's very, like, party on Garth, you know? <laughs> Wayne's World mullet. I do know what you're talking uh, about, yes. Which I... It's it's very clear. Um, party on Garth, party on Wayne. Um, and so we see Eliza and Philip. Philip, the same actor as John Lawrence. Um, and they're, like, practicing piano and French. And, like, exactly what you said before, um, Hamilton is writing to Angelica lovingly and equating the situation to Macbeth. So it's, like, it's not only be like, yo, here's what's going on in my life, but it's, like, at another intellectual level to it that he knows uh, Angelica's (laughs) going to get off on. Honestly, yeah. Also, I just want to say Anthony Ramos as Philip. Tallest nine-year-old I've ever seen. When <laughs> he stands up on the piano, I was just like, okay. Um, again, spent enough belief in reality, but sure. Um, although I do love, okay, so when um, we then see Angelica kind of coming down the stairs of the set. I thought you were going to talk about Eliza beatboxing. Oh my god, that was so cute. Is she the actual one doing that, or was she covering her mouth and someone else doing it? I don't know, but I'd like to think that she was actually doing it. You know what? That's reality, because we choose it to be. Indeed. Theater! Indeed. Voltaire! 
<laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and then Candy yeah, and then Philip no, and then Philip does the cutest little rap about like, oh yeah, this is my first poem because I'm following my dad's steps. I don't know what the actual words were, but it was something along those he's lines. A, he's a poet. That's like established from that point. He's a poet. Yeah, he's a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> obviously. Oh gosh, don't oh, don't do that to me. Um, so Eliza's like, take a break. Like, actually spend time with your family for once. Also, when Eliza comes in the room and he's writing a letter to Angelica, he folds the paper over and hides the letter from her, which is like... I did not notice that. What are you writing? Good what, fine. What you talk about, Hamilton? Fine. What you writing on that paper? Mm. Who you texting? Who you texting? Uh, <laughs> um, so then Angelica's like, you have to meet with Thomas Jefferson like to get what you want. Like, you, like, you have to collaborate in some capacity. And then it gets to my dearest, comma, Angelica. Who gives a fuck about an Oxford comma? Okay, uh, I've seen all, those English It is not an too. Oxford comma. Is it, a, it is a vocative comma, Campbell. It is a vocative. I was just quoting Vampire Weekend. Oh. That's the lyric of the song. Who gives a fuck about I'm an sorry, Oxford I did comma? not know that. I've I seen those English traumas. And I should have thought better of you. I should have known better than that. Ugh, I know it's a vocative. To know that you would not have made that mistake. It's okay. I forgive you. For now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't whisper into the mic. Okay. Um, um, and then Eliza's like, John Adams spends his summers with his family. And then uh, Hamilton's like, he doesn't have a real job. And I was like, ha, I understand. He was the vice president. Yeah. Because he was the runner up, which is a wild That's the thing I was, to... I was talking about when I was watching this film was that like, now it's like, it seems normal for like, oh, you pick your own running mate. Running mate. You know, when Honestly, I think I would like more. Having Second having place. The, because okay, so here's my thing. It makes a lot of sense because when you pick your runner up, like obviously it's someone of similar ideals and principles and stance as you. Like they, you may differ on some things, or you may argue about some things. But like at the end of the day, like if you're a Democrat, they're a Democrat. If you're a Republican, they're a Republican, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like with having your runner up be your vice president, it's like it is someone with radically different beliefs, radically different ideals, radically different political stances than you. But it's the thing that it's the ultimate goal is to better the nation, yes. which has been lost. Um, I think that political commentary. Don't yell at me, um, viewers. Um, viewers, they view with their ears. <laughs> I see with my ears. <laughs> yeah, it's I. I have a sixth sense where I can just see what's going on. Um, that's just your, your sight. It's one of the five, <laughs> which is a quote from Trixie Mattel. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay, so my favorite part of the scene is when Eliza, like, Angelica's like, oh, I'm coming back to talk to you about this thing that you wrote in this one letter where you put a comma before my name because I completely changed the meaning sentence. I need to know if it's intentional or not. And so she comes back, and my favorite part is when Eliza sees her and literally screams. Like, it's yeah. it's literally just a, the, an emotional ejaculation. She's just so pure. And I love it so much. because And I love it because, like, that is real. Like, if I were an ocean away from one of my sisters and then they came back like she knew that she was coming back but still like i had been an ocean away from one of my sisters for like probably over a year at least if not several years and then all of a sudden they walk in the room like i would i would also react the exact same way at this point angelica is married yes she is married to a wealthy husband or someone in europe and they're living yeah they're living in london yeah yeah um but yeah, when she, so and then when, they both try to convince them. Fantasizes at night. It's Alexander's eyes that she sees. Stop being gross. <laughs> um, 
just like I mean, I guess she's all about business in the front, party in the back. But, Apparently. you know, teach their own. Um, but it's also thing. then they're both like, no, literally spend the summer with us. You're fine. Like, I know you're working a lot, but, like, you need a break. Take a break. Yeah. That's what you need. It was like, absolutely not. Um, and, then, and then they leave. And then it's uh, downtown and wherever they are. Um, New York, Manhattan, wherever, I guess. And we get to, is it say no it's to this? It's say no to this. How, do you know the comedian Catherine Ryan? Catherine who? Ryan. I don't believe so. The uh, listeners, I almost said viewers again. Listeners will be right back. Uh, Ray, I'm going to send Raven a bit about this song by Catherine Ryan, and she has to listen to it right now. Okay, I'm here for it. And we're back. So basically, this song is uh, Catherine Ryan. If you look at, watch her special on Netflix. It's called The Glitter Room. She is so funny. But she was like under the impression of correctly, there was this vulnerable woman, Maria Reynolds, who's like coming to her local representative. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, hey, I need your help. I'm in an abusive situation. And Hamilton's like, I don't know how to say no to this. And here's my thing is that like, because I feel like. And then I Captain can Ryan's hear... like, she didn't ask you a question. I can hear the dissent already. And technically, in the movie, he does, or in the play, he does say, like, oh, and then she, like, licked her lips and spread her legs. But my thing is, even then, while watching the play for the first time, I was just like, she's in an abusive relationship. She's obviously being coerced to do this. Like, being coerced into yeah. doing this. Because yeah, why, so. like, logically speaking, because women are people, and women think like normal human beings, why- How dare you think that? <laughs> why, why would any young woman who's in an abusive relationship, who's husband supposedly left for a short while, why would she randomly go to another man's house who's like, hey, like, you're my representative. I need your help getting out of this abusive relationship, which he wasn't at the time. He was a lawyer and becoming secretary, or he was the secretary of the treasury, not like a senator or a member of the House of Burgess or anything like that. Yeah. Why would she go to his house and be like, hey, I need your help doing this, and then be like, but also, wanna fuck? Like, no. <laughs> That's no, not no, how that works. Like, but it was like, in the song, it's like, but her body said yes. It's like, her words did Her words did not. <laughs> so... Dun, 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 dun. Um, oh, yeah. My only note for this song was, in all caps, boy. <laughs> like the see, SpongeBob, just, boy. <laughs> see, mine was just Catherine Ryan. Oh, that's fair. But, but yeah, you're exactly so right. So basically, uh, so. he sleeps with this young and very vulnerable woman um, whose husband then comes back, obviously, and extorts him. Blackmails him? I honestly don't know the difference. Um, and says, like, oh, hey, you slept with my wife, blah, blah, blah. If yeah. you don't give me all this money. Like, Sydney, uh, if you don't give James me all this Harcourt, money. Yeah, if you don't give me all this money. Who also plays uh, a Phillips uh, Schuyler. Like oh. oh, yes, I did notice that. Yeah. yeah. Who's been in a bunch of things like Blue Buds, NCIS, The Good Wife. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like, you slept with my wife. If you don't give me all this money, I'm going to expose you. But if you do give me all this money, you can have her. Like, you can not have her, have her. She's my wife. But you can sleep with her whenever you want. Which I was just like. No, he means have her, Raven. Yeah. yeah I ain't like, just good so on sad. For thinking about just like, just for like sexual exploit. But. He does not see as a person. He doesn't. He truly just sees her as property, like a thing that he possesses. And it makes me so sad. And, like, the actress does such a good job. Because in the beginning, like, I was like, oh, what's Peggy got to go- got to do with this? Yeah. Um, 
nothing. Nothing. But yeah. like, I, I, I'm glad she like. This is where she really shines. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that actress really got a part because she is very talented. You can feel the desperation. Yes. Oh. She's also very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then we get to Real the quick. room where it happens. Cheers. Cheers. Um. The room where it happens. The room where it happens. I listeners. Raven and I are very drunk at this mm-hmm. point, so we apologize. Um, actually, no, I'm not sorry because we're having a good time with good friends, being and each other, just like having a ball. Can't stop me now. Indeed, having such a good time. I'm having, having a, ball. a ball. Can't stop no. me now. If you wanna have a good time, don't wanna stop yeah. at all. Yeah. That was a truncated version. <laughs> yeah. Um, Copyright. Okay, so the. The room where it happens. This, okay, I really feel, especially in this current political climate, and I know this episode's not going to come out. We're recording this in August. This episode will come out in December. Yeah. But very... Although there is a presidential um, election related. between now and December, so who knows what the political climate will be then. I've requested my absentee, um, but this song is very relevant to how a lot of people people feel yes. so the room where it happens so it's like all these people in power having conversations that no one hears uh what's the we don't get to say what they trade away yes is very much aaron burr wants to be like part of this conversation but not allowed to it's it's madison jefferson hamilton trying to uh, make a compromise for the constitution uh, for the constitution and this historically is uh when the national capital was moved to Richmond, Virginia. Um, because because when they come out, they say like, oh, he got his constitution and the South like got the capital or whatever. That capital is Richmond, Virginia, which makes sense yeah. because Jefferson and Madison are both Virginians. And Madison says like, wouldn't you rather work closer to home? Yeah. And then like, you know, later on in history, like Richmond, Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy. And then after that, it was the whole like D.C. The current capital of our nation. Yes. The current capital of a nation. But, like, there was, like, steps before that, Raven. I mean, yeah, but, like, it's, it's like, like you were, not... like, it was the whole, like, D.C.-type thing, and I'm, like, the current capital? Yes, you are correct. Raven, are we are we having a hiatus? No, uh, okay, no, 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 nice no, 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 no. But, like, I, like we're, I think we were doing a really good job, but, like, I don't know, we're drunk. <laughs> it's I, gonna I'm come not out. gonna. I'm not going to fault us from here on out if we are honest with each other. I agree. Because it's just our friendship. It's us expressing our love. <laughs> okay. I'm way um, yeah, so, so then we get yeah, into... Hamilton, like, it gets his votes because he, like, sacrifices the capital. Which he doesn't really care about because he's like, the capital, like, where the capital Quid is the honest matter. Um, which, uh, in AP government, uh, when we talk about quid pro quo, um, there is uh Julie Richardson was our teacher and she is an amazing educator. But at one point one of the students were trying to understand quid quo quid quid pro quo. And it was like she like turned to another student and it was like, Hey, you wanna give me what I want? And then she like touched like her breast. How about now? And she was like, Is that quid pro quo? And uh Ms. Richardson's like, I guess <laughs> I mean, to like make us understand how do I teach these kids 
Um, um, yeah, and so then Aaron Aaron Burr is saying, I want to be in the room where it happened. Like, I want to be one of those important people making the Which decisions is that matter. Voice for the people. Yes. And I think it's also worth mentioning for, like, Hamilton's character and just, like, the current, like, at the time, the state of the government. It doesn't matter where the capital is because we have the banks. Yes. At the end of it the doesn't day, matter. money makes this the This is all around. for show. Yeah, this yeah. is all for show. And that makes me feel good about our current political system, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, cheers. Ooh, okay. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, so then Aaron Burr is like, I want to be in the room where it happened. I want to be one of those important people. It's time for me to stop waiting and actually take a step into the limelight, I guess? I don't know. And so then we yeah, get... Yeah, but he does so incorrectly. He does so in the worst way. So then we get into Skyler defeated, which is Philip Skyler. Because Skylar. he switched... Okay, so he was a Federalist. And he switches to the opposing political party, the Democratic Republicans. Yeah. Solely to defeat to beat Philip Scott. So that he can become a senator. Yeah. And and Hamilton like calls him out on it. He's just like, You aren't a Democratic Republican. Like this is not these aren't your beliefs. This is not your political stance. And you are pretending that it is solely so that you can get a seat in the Senate. And he's like, That's low. And then Burr's like, well, you know what? The people think you're a crook. They don't think you're honest, which is fair. But also, wait, Burr said that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, even with that, like, Burr, because Hamilton is just like, you did this just to defeat my father-in-law. And, like, I felt like it was very poignant. Like, yeah, again, Burr has felt this entire time, like, victimized by Hamilton because he let himself be, honestly. But, like, he's doing all of this simply to get back at Hamilton as opposed to like he's doing it in the name of like progressing his own career but really it's just to get back at Hamilton yeah, yeah. um um yeah so where it's got to defeat it and then now we get back we get to um capital battle number two and I wrote down one oh two lines two lines from this entire song laid on me uh, the first of which was when the rap battle switches from Jefferson to Hamilton, and Hamilton says, "You must be out of your goddamn mind." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yes!" Like the emphasis, Hell yeah. the emphasis on that goddamn was just—it was pure Cat Williams, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was really was Cat Williams. Um, and then at the end, I think it's when. Washington calls Hamilton to follow him, and then Jefferson's like, Daddy's calling. And I'm just like, Oh, damn. Okay. I see you. And then, like, wouldn't it be nice by the Beach Boys? Starts playing, nice and it'd be nice if George Washington liked George us. George Washington loved us mm-hmm. like he did Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, that's verbatim. I hope we don't get copyright infringement for, like, saying those lyrics, Raven. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and then like in during this bottle, um, a, a, like a major point was Jefferson was like France needs our help. Yeah, and he's just like and George Washington's like we don't have the means, we don't have the energy to do that. And um, Jefferson's like I thought we were about freedom. Yeah, he was like he was like France came to us in our hour of need, and now that they need us, like he, he was like they didn't ask for land, they didn't ask for money, they didn't ask for ships. All they asked from us was that we be there to help them when they needed them. And now that they need like, it, no. we are abandoning them. Yeah. Which like low key, I understand both sides because like I understand like oh no, I get yeah because I understand like the two most poignant like points of Washington's like resignation. I like still believe 
um, which we'll get into in Washington on Your Side and One Last Time, oh, um, that are following time. two songs. Um, but like Washington on Your Side, like must be not like, wouldn't it be nice if George Washington loved us, those yeah. people, loved us <laughs> and like thought of us as his son. Um, and then they're talking, uh, yeah, let's skip that song. One last time. So George Washington's like, I'm going to warn you, Thomas Jefferson resigned and Hamilton's like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. No one's saying it away. He's like, no, he resigned so he can run for president. And he's like, he's like well, no, he can't not... run against you because everyone loves you. And he's just like, I'm stepping down. I'm not running for president. It's like, I'm and sorry, this, what? Like, also <laughs> furthers like, a lot of people's uh, critique of Alexander Hamilton that he saw this new government as like a, you know, a, a monarchy with extra steps. Yeah. Because he was honestly, he was just like, why would you ever step down? What do you mean? The people love you. And I love that about George. Like, I was talking about this with. Uh, my friend Matt, who again is going to be on this podcast at some point very soon, um, when and we were talking about this, and like I was like, George Washington, like for better or worse, I think it's it's very important that we had him specifically as our leader during the Revolutionary War and our first president, because if any other man had been our first president, our nation would be completely different for better or worse. Because because uh, one of the things I think is so important about George Washington's presidency is like. George Washington, after eight years, like two terms, was just like, you know what? I'm tired. And also, we I shouldn't be here for that long because if I'm here for years and years and years, what's the difference between president and king? But more importantly, yeah. I'm tired and I want to go home. Also, I'm going to die soon, so peace. Um, and then every other president after that just was just like, oh, well, George Washington, the first of this office, stepped down after eight years, so maybe I should too. And... It literally took us a hundred years as a nation to be like, oh, maybe we should like actually set a term limit on being president. And it was only when FDR was president for three terms and then was about to be president for a fourth term. And then he was just like, you know what? Maybe this ain't a great idea. Also, again, I'm going to die soon. So, like, yeah. <laughs> and I just think it's so Now funny. let's move it to senators. Oh, term oh limits. my gosh. Why do they not have term limits? Anyway. I, whatever. Moving on. Let's not get into it. So we go, like, one last time. So George Washington's, like, going to resign. Uh, Hamilton's like, absolutely not. And it's like, you write my last address, address, which Alexander Hamilton had, like, a lot of say in what he was going to say. But uh, George Washington was basically, like, don't get involved with foreign nations. Mm-hmm. Don't form let's political not have, parties. Let's not, ha- let's not form political parties. Yep. That was it. Those were his two and, points of advice. And then we did the two things. Yep. I also think like, this was another part. So I think the first part where I was like almost moved to tears was like there were a lot of songs that I liked in this play. But the, the first time I was almost moved to tears was like That Would Be Enough by Eliza, which I just... Her voice alone moves me to tears. But this song, One Last Time, was another place where I was legitimately moved by this. I think it was more from like, I felt, I I saw it almost like a tribute to George Washington. And I, I don't know, I was just very moved by this part of the play. Like, I was just like, it's so inspirational and so like, this is where we come from. And this is, you know, I don't know. I really like it. See, I don't know what this says about me, but I was completely indifferent. There was no part of the musical that I was like almost about to cry. I was like, oh, this is just what's happening. Oh, wow. Next song. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going through some stuff right now, but like that's Well, I'm also like, I, I don't know if it, if it really matters. Like, um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I am a huge like history buff and especially like 
um, colonial history is my favorite. I don't know why, because it was not good That's for my weird. people. But The best history is South American history. No, no, no. Sis. I don't think American history is the best history. I just find oh, it good. interesting. Like, oh. yeah, like, co- the colonial period in American history, I find fascinating to learn about. And so I think that's one of the reasons why this play was, like, partially very moving for me. is because, one, the performance and the actors are incredible. But also, like, I, I, I'm already naturally very interested in this time in our nation's history. And so I just think I found it very, like, inspirational in some ways. Yeah. And so then, it's announced that John Adams is going to be the next president. It's announced to King George III. And we get into... I know him. I know him. I know him. They say George Washington is done. Wasn't aware that's something you could do. He's like, like, so I've heard that George Washington is giving up his power? What does that mean? I've never heard of that. (laughs) Yeah. And then John Adams. Everyone laughs. He's like, oh, Um, you mean that small man that talked to to me that one time? Oh, I know him. (laughs) And this is so funny because he literally gets a stool out. To watch all the mess that will happen. <laughs> it's literally, it's very much that reaction meme of, like, the Michael Jackson, like, eating popcorn. Just like that. Yeah. It <laughs> it's like, I'm ready. A fun lyric. Jesus Christ, this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get into the song, The Adams Administration, which is quite short, actually. Much like yeah, The Adams uh, Administration. Thomas, yeah. So, based off this, the runner-up for presidential elections, they have the vice president. So, Thomas Jefferson is the vice president to John Adams. Yes. And then um, John Adams fired the, insert the racial slur um, about uh, Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't write down what the slur was, but I just wrote down racial slur in my notes. So Yeah, fair enough. um, And then we get into the song We Know, which is Burr, Jefferson, Madison confronting Alexander Hamilton's like, oh, we know you've been using money, also, government money, that or whatever you're doing. When which is the type, like the emphasis is show them receipts, show those receipts. But I want to point out when Thomas Jefferson, aka David Diggs, is walking oh. up to his desk, that pimp walk though, that's a full on pimp walk. That we saw He's with, got like, swag. What I yeah, it's very much like, we know, bitch. We know everything, so you might as well just fess up. And then Hamilton yeah. is just like, oh, you you think you know something. But let me tell you, you the truth. Thought? And then, <laughs> um, bitch you thought. Then, Ham- then they do that like Caribbean accent. I'm like, that's rude. Yeah, it's, it's a little and, odd. I didn't know if it was intentional or if it was just like, I thought it was byproduct. intentional because it's like, this is what you grew up from. This is what we're putting you in your place. Oh, okay, I okay. I, I just thought it was like something that kind of happened with the actors. I didn't know if it was intentional or not. But and then Hamilton's like, "No, it's not from this. I had an affair." And then Jefferson's like, "What?" <laughs> when he reads, which the is like, when he says, "What?" <laughs> is like he does it like a few times in the musical, but it's so funny every day. He's like, "Because David Diggs is just hilarious and amazing, and I love him." <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, "Well, I have, I have receipts too." Uh, I had an affair, but I'm not treasonous. And they're like, my God. Like, okay, never mind. <laughs> We're good. And then it's cool. <laughs> Hamilton says to Burr's like, you're not going to tell anyone. And Burr's like, I don't trust you. This is information. It is what it is. No, uh, I mean, yes. But Burr, yes. what he actually yeah, says a- is, um, Hamilton's like, hey, you're not going to tell anyone, right? And Burr says, wouldn't you like to know, weather boy? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, what a good vibe <laughs> reference, Raven. That's uh. so then we get into Hurricane. Oh, which is again, like the calm before the storm. Is so well done. Yeah, and I was like, so the the innermost concentric circle is like most well lit. Everything else is turning, so it's literally the eye of the storm. Ooh, yes, that the H- Hamilton's like people are gonna know about this. I feel calm, like calm just before disaster hits. Um, so he was like, I'm riding my way. I've always written my way out. I couldn't seem to die before. I'm going to write myself out of this. Yes. So then he writes the Reynolds pamphlet, pamphlet where he's just like, yeah, I... N- I had an these affair. These aren't loyal. I'm a t- yeah, <laughs> I had an affair. I'm a tail person. Everyone knows now. You can't hold it over my head. Okay, and then like how... Okay. What I don't understand is... Obviously, from this, like the like he's doing this so people think a certain image of him, mm-hmm. but he still has higher aspirations. You don't think this image of yourself will like immediately dismiss you from the people's minds about being president? Exactly, someday. and like and the and the other guys like Jefferson, Madison, they even say like, "Oh, he'll never be president now." And my thing is like, even if like Aaron Burr, Jefferson, all of them, like, even if they had started a rumor about it, because Aaron Burr basically said, like, oh, like, rumors grow on their own or something along those lines. Even if they had said it, it still would have been a rumor because they wouldn't have had that letter and the, that letter and the, uh, without that letter, the financial documents could mean kind of anything. And so, like, they really don't have any proof, even if they had said it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah. rumors happen all the time, but by you writing these pamphlets, you solidified your fate that you can never be president. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yes. Um, I don't know, who, who are you trying to prove? Who are you trying to impress? And also to um, me, that's kind of like what Byrne is about. When, oh yeah, so we get into Byrne. Um, and that's kind of what Byrne is about. No, when, no, no, well, but there's some stuff before that. Oh, that's fair. Okay, yes, continue. It's like, so this music is also like the most like, not techno, but like more like house Music, I see that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was interesting, and then Angelica comes back, and uh, he's like, "I'm having such a hard time." Angelica's like, "I'm not. I don't care about you anymore. You. Like, I'm here for Eliza, my sister, whom I love and care about deeply." Yeah, and then like she's like, "God, I hope you're satisfied." And then we see like George the Third like dancing around the stage. Oh yeah, um, that was actually something that I remember having that thought is that like when he cheated on Eliza. He kind of cheated on two women because he was with Eliza, but he was still sort of having an emotional relationship with Angelica. Yeah. And then it was like, he he ruined his own life. Yes. I wrote down like his poor wife. And then, then like, poor yeah, thing. we get into burn. Poor thing. Poor thing. Hashtag Sweetie Todd reference. Hashtag Sweetie I couldn't say that. I couldn't say Sweeney Todd. <laughs> That's like the... Oh. Um, not emo- I was gonna say emotional state I'm at, but like emotionally, I'm doing pretty great. That's the drunken state I'm at. Good for you. I'm glad you're doing well. Cheers to thriving emotionally. Cheers. It's because I'm living alone. Those facts. <laughs> uh, I love living alone so much, Raven. Anyway, yeah, we get to burn. Yeah, so we get to burn, and this song. You said you were mine. Oh, this song. Because she literally says in the she literally says in the song like, "I like you were doing this to protect your legacy, but did you ever think about what it would do to our relationship, our family, to me? You know." And it's like and that gets into like what is a legacy? Yes, a legacy. Which you were saying earlier, something yeah. like 
like me, like me myself and I. Uh, I don't know why I said that, but like Kevin McCauley, I have like a goal in my life. This is what I want to be remembered for. I have no control over that. Yeah. After I'm gone, it's to the people that are still living to decide what I was as a person. Because yeah. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. And and to me, like if the song gets back to that would be enough. Because, because again, like Eliza is like, I am perfectly comfortable with our children and the love we had for one another being our legacy. That would be enough for me. And but she married an Icarus. She married an Icarus, and Hamilton, which I- is not okay. Like that's that's not enough for him. He needs. He has this political ambition. He has this need and this drive to go further and rise up. And he can't let something as silly as an affair stop that. And it's just like... Yeah, which is like, you're an idiot. You are destroying your entire life. The people who love you, you are losing them by trying to still grasp for power. And he's paranoid of how other people see him. That's why like, he did these, uh, this pamphlet... Is like I don't want other people saying how they view me. I'm gonna get out in front of it, but you're like paranoid how people see you, and then you put yourself in a negative light. Like that's stupid. You know what I just that's thought about? Dumb. You know what I just thought about in the context of this uh, tacos. Ooh, always tacos. But also in the context of this play, mm-hmm. is Hamilton a classic tragic hero? Where his own fatal flaw is his downfall. Is his, is his hubris? I would say so. I, I think so. Like, I think... And, and the classical trope. And the classical I would trope. Say yes. I think he's technically a Greek tragic, tragic hero. Yeah. That thought just occurred to me. That was not any deep analysis I'd had before. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? Victory sip. Oh, Campbell, you're amazing. Oh, man, just living my best life. So, burn. So, uh, Eliza's like, fuck this dude. Any redeeming qualities of him? I'm gonna burn all memories of it. Yeah, you were sleeping on the couch. <laughs> um, and once again, we see more incredible riffing from Philippa Sue. Is that her name? Yes. Yeah. She is just such an incredible singer. The mastery of these voices from these women yes. is... All of them, like literally in the in the opening, like in their opening song, the Skylar Sisters, the Skylar Sisters, when when Angelica last harmony, oh, when Angelica says like, oh, I I hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal. When I meet Thomas Jefferson, I'm going to tell him to include women in the sequel. Like, yes, you deserve it because y'all are phenomenal. Like, not just incredible, not just amazing, phenomenal. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, uh, anyway. So Eliza's like, you know what? I hope you burn. Yes. And I'm burning Good. all of my feelings for you. I'm burning every letter you ever send me. I'm burning everything I've ever felt for you. Okay. So then we get to blow us away. So we have Philip, their son, mm-hmm. um, has graduated. And then there's a lot of people talking shit about Alexander Hamilton. And he Rightly not so. Have any of it. I love the finger so, leg. So we have uh, George Eaker, played by Ephraim Sykes. Talking shit about him. I love the name Ephraim. Continue. Uh, do you know what of one of his credits was? Bow, 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 bow. I assume it has something to do with Thirty Rock. He played Angie's nephew, Michael, 
who is addicted to meth in the Queen of Jordan. Oh. I legitimately forgot about him because I was too focused on Titus Burgess. Yeah, uh, uh, Dufuan. Dufuan. (laughs) Dufuan. Before we get back into it, I do want to just go back for a quick second, like we often do. During I Know Him, I forgot to do my standard Jonathan Groff blinking update. Um, so during I know Here it is. Here it is, <laughs> listeners. I know you've been waiting on the edge of your seat. Can, can you put in some like trumpet, like triumphant like, opening? No. Maybe. I can try. Um, if not, our voices will suffice. <laughs> it will not. Don't include my voice on that shit, Raven. How many times did that fool blink? Continue. So, Jonathan Groff, that I could see, blinked about four times during I Know Him, although one or two of them may have just been he was, like, flicking his eyes from side to side, like, your eyelids kind of lower, so I couldn't tell if it was a full blink or not. But as little as two, maybe as many as four times during I Know Him, and it was a minute and a half. So a little up from uh, what comes next, but still okay. significantly lower than uh, uh, you'll be back. So give me a, uh, a total. How many blinks for how many minutes? So currently he has been on stage for a total of approximately six and a half minutes. And he has blinked a total of maybe... 10 times. Somewhere between 6 and 10 times. He has blinked in 6 minutes. And again, the average male blinks 15 to 20 times per minute. So, just fantastic performance. Now we can continue. Blow us away! Um, Blow us all away, Campbell. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we've reverted. It's fine. Um, So, Philip is like, hey, don't talk shit about my dad. I'm going to talk shit about you. And so he, like, starts, uh, he, like, gets in a duel with Eker, who's, like, been besmirching his pops. Um, everything is legal in Jersey. Yep. And ha- Hamilton gives him the advice. He'll be like, you know what? Shoot to the sky. When he sees you, he'll know you're an honorable man. What horrible advice. Okay, y- yes, bad advice. But also, so this is why I brought up the whole thing during the Ten Duel Commandments earlier. So when John Lawrence was about to be in a duel, Hamilton gave him the advice of don't throw away your shot. Now, now that he's older and he's a little wiser and he has his own son to worry about, he's like... And it's the same actor. It's the same actor. And he's telling him, like, oh, shoot, like, literally, throw away your shot. Like, shoot towards the sky. Do not, like, try to, like, Which if he goes against all of the schoolhouse rock, um, the shot heard the shot the world, heard the of the <laughs> was the start of the revolution. Don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, like, he's shot. literally telling him to throw away his shot because he cares more about his son's life than he does about defending any semblance of his own honor. But, all, no, I disagree. Oh, because, okay. like, if he cares about his son's life, his son should shoot. Fair. Fair. But also, I, I took it more as, like, he didn't want his son to have to live with the burden of taking another man's life. But he's dead. It doesn't matter. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. I've never killed a person that I know of. And yet. <laughs> I've never killed a person yet that I know of. 
and I don't intend to ever. Don't, but, but like this is like if you're going into a duel, you should go yeah, prepared with the idea that like, like it, what is it? Trying to kill someone, it, like, like build your confidence, like make your prayers to God or whatever. It's something about like okay. basically oh, making peace with the fact that you're about to kill a human being. Ten dual commandments. Yeah, five duel before the sun is in the skies of dawn. Um, pick a place to die where it's high and dry. So at this point, you should be ready to die. True. Um, nine, look him in the eye, aim no higher. Summer all the courage you require, then count. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. Number ten paces. Yeah. Fire. Okay, and and to me, this is about commandment number five, where it's like basically make peace with the fact that you're about to die. And to me, Philip had. He was just like, I'm willing to, I'm willing and ready to I disagree. I disagree, Raven, because like, he was nervous about it. He was like, he's like, about to be in a duel. He was like, but I'm a poet. The trouble with poet is how do you know it's deceased? You know it's deceased. You know Philip is deceased. Try the priest. You saw Um, the life leave his body. Um, which, again, um, he, amazing he's acting. Not, he's not ready to kill someone. He's not ready to defend someone's honor. He was like, just, he, this is the situation as compared to, like, younger Hamilton, who was all talking. He was like, you know what? This talk has worked. So, I'm not just... Philip is just all talk. That's fair. So maybe that's why Hamilton was just like, well, again, that would still be bad advice to aim your gun and scotch, but maybe that's why, like, maybe it was just like, oh, hey, because cause Philip does say he... Like he had his like it was, he shot before they were at ten, like before they count like before they finished. Coming. No, he had his pistol oh, in true. the air before ten. If like there was plenty of numbers before ten to be like, I don't want to do this. That's fair. And if like the final one when like everyone is prepared to shoot and he was like, never mind, that's still not the die. time to do yeah. it. Yeah, but I, I was gonna say that's giving. That's like, that's giving your shot away. I'm never gonna. I, I'm. Uh, ne- I'm not giving away my shot. Yeah, that's giving your shot away. And to me, it's yeah. like, yeah, like, and I think and it, that was the advice Hamilton gave to his. Son. I think it is pointed that it's played by John Lawrence actor because John Lawrence, when he was in a duel, like he was 100 percent ready and willing to defend George Washington's honor. It's a, it is a good juxtaposition. Yeah. Also, I do want to point out this poor man, point. Anthony Ramos, has. Died twice. He's been killed off twice in a single play. <laughs> but he got drunk on Sam Adams in the beginning, oh so it all gosh. balances out, girl. I'm just like this poor, poor man. He, he. This is his second poor thing. <laughs> poor thing. Because we're like really quoting Sweetie Todd this episode. <laughs> get which into... is very like classist of a musical. Because um, then we get relatable. into Stay Alive for Prize, where it's Philip dying, uh, 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 and it's his uh, parents. Stay alive. Oh my stay gosh, alive. you're terrible. Um, and it's his parents singing over his dying body to please don't die because we love you and we're, we're your yeah, parents. Yeah, and he dies. And he dies. And, and then uh, who plays James Reynolds also plays the doctor in that? Yes. Not important, but like worth noting. Um, which is the opposite of what I said previously. Those, those <laughs> things contradict those two sentences. But yeah, so, um, and this, like, uh, Eliza's, like, singing in French again. It's, like, talking about piano. Counting like, to the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And you understand that um, his relationship with Alexander Hamilton was just defending his honor. It wasn't like he had his own relationship with his son. He really didn't. He just knew him as, that's my father, you know? And then he dies, and she's like, do not touch me. Yeah, do not touch me, do not talk to me. Like, my son has died. 
I mean, like, and she had other children, to, but it's still her firstborn. Like, it's still her yeah, child. And then we get to It's Quiet Uptown, which is, which is such a sad song. It's so sad. Uh, moved Uptown to deal with the unimaginable. Look at where we are. Look at me. That would be enough where he's, like, begging Eliza. Yeah. He's like, I know I fucked up. I know. I know I yeah. did. In every aspect. But, like, I need you now because we're going through the same thing. She was like, and he's like, I wish it were me. Don't kick me out. He's like this, you know, the stage of what are the five stages of grief? He's at the bargaining stage. Mm -hmm. And there are the the lyric that stood out the most to me. There are moments that words can't reach. Yes. I was just like, dang. Like, honestly, this scene to me was one of the most real in the sense of like, there are real people in real life that have to deal with this pain, that have to deal with the pain of burying a child. And I, I feel like, granted, I've never felt that pain, and I hope I never do. But in my mind, at least, this song and this entire scene, like, really kind of captures a lot of, like, like they, they are dealing, or he is going through the unimaginable. Like, you can't even begin to fathom the pain that this man or this woman or this couple is in trying to deal with the situation. Because it's also completely his fault. 100%. Um, like, like with, then, with that, beyond a shadow of a doubt. she does. <laughs> and, like, going back to, like, the initial character development of Eliza, she does forgive him. Yeah. And they work, walk uptown together. I do want to... They're not in it alone. Oh, I was going to say, also, like, he's finally giving her, like, what she always wanted. Of, like, that is enough. That is enough. Like, because be now, because now we see he's the one singing that would be enough like he's saying if if you could just come back to me if you like i know i've made mistakes i know i've been awful i know i've been terrible but if you could just come back to me if you could just let me try to be in your world again that would be enough and now it's up to her to accept him as opposed to the opposite yeah yeah then we get to the election of 1800 so it's uh thomas jefferson Mm -hmm. versus aaron burr and it ends up like they're like adam shot the bed and so um Thomas Jefferson versus Aaron Burr. They're like, Burr is less extreme version of Thomas Jefferson. And then they're like asking, like Hamilton, like they, they're tied. And then uh, Hamilton's like, oh, my vote goes to Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And um, then Aaron Burr is just like, oh, this is you just trying to be against me again. Like, why are you like, like, why are you against me? Like, Tom, Thomas Jefferson Alexander is Hamilton enemy. has never, has never thought about Aaron Burr. In his life. <laughs> in his life. And he You're like, I'm not good enough with all the privileges I have. I, I deserve this. And I'm like, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Work harder. Say what you believe in. Yeah. You criticize Alexander Hamilton about that in the very beginning. It's like, talk less, smile more. He's always been like, this is what I believe in. Yeah. And Alexander Hamilton's like, hey, Tom, like, I disagree with Thomas Jefferson. But at least I know but he what believes he believes in. I know what he believes in. Aaron Burr, he doesn't believe in anything. Yeah. He's just trying to get to the top. Which... And, and that's my thing. And like, because he says, no one knows what you're thinking. I wear my, like, something along those lines, like, I wear my opinion on my sleeve. Like, everyone knows my opinion. And to me, like, that is a very real, like, American and just human feeling. Like, he says, like, no, yeah. like, he's like, I, people don't trust you because of, like, it's not my fault that people don't trust you. I'm not the one telling people not to trust you. People don't trust you because they don't know what you're thinking. They don't know how you feel. They don't know where you stand. And it's kind of like, but that's not his problem. That's not Hamilton's problem. And it's like, it's like that old saying. No, Aaron Burr's like, this is not my problem. This is not about me. It's like, yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know what that old saying is, but it's something along the lines of, like, the, the monster you know is better than the 
like the enemy you know is better than the enemy you don't or whatever and it's like granted mm-hmm. the political system shouldn't be a lesser of two evils type of situation but it very often is <laughs> yeah it very yeah. often is i'm like it legitimately like it's like if I know you and I understand where you, I know where you stand. I know how you feel. I know your thoughts on things. I may not always agree with you, but at least I understand where you're coming from. At least I understand the type of person that you are. Yeah. So then we get into your obedient servant, which is so fun. Yeah. It's just like they're writing to each other, and then like the last lines. A dot burr. A dot burr. Um. A dot ham. Um. It's very. I have the honor aggressive. to be. Yeah, I had the honor to be your obedient servant. Like, fuck off. A dot Burr. Yeah, it was just like, because this is the point where Burr is like, you have ruined my life. Yeah. Um. So it's very much like, Burr is like, we're going to duel. And then for the first time, and like in a lot of history, um, Alexander Hamilton has been a, a part of a lot of public disputes. But this was like one of the first ones that he was like, I know. Yeah. I, I got work to do. Absolutely not. Until finally that he agrees. And then we get into the song, The World Was Wide Enough, mm-hmm. which is basically the um, regret of realizing this town is big enough for the two of us. <laughs> yes, because it's Burr regretting that he literally just murdered Alexander Hamilton. Okay, so let's just get into the song. So they're like, um, they're going uh, through the like 10. The 10 dual commandments, like Loki. Dual commandments. Yeah. And then got to a point where like, Burr's about to shoot, he shoots, and then Hamilton is just like, stop time. Let's think about yes. this. Which I like the scene. What am I going to do? Yeah. And it's all about, like, what is important to me? What is going on in my life? Like, who matters to me the most? You know, and like, what decision should I make in this moment? And it, I'm under the opinion it's for himself. Interesting. Because it's not about Eliza or the rest of his family, because he gives up. But to me, it is about Eliza. Because he gives up. No, because, like, if you really want to have your legacy of what, like, the people, like, carry on to, you can be alive to take part of that. Okay, but here's my thing. So this is why I thought that the advice he gave his son was truly to help him live. Because at the end of the day, he, because he does the same thing. He lifts his gun up into the But at the end of the, but in the day, you're dead. Yes, you yes, don't have control yes, everything. yes, Campbell, that is the end result. But also, like. So he lifts his gun into the air, which, like, when he says it to his son, he's like, if he's an honorable man, he will not shoot. So in his mind, for better or for worse, whatever the end result is, in his mind, when you lift your gun up into the air, that is your signal that this is no longer a thing. Like, you are conceding, like, you do not want this to happen anymore. But he doesn't think Aaron Burr is an honorable man. Mm, ah, Who knows? Anyway, my thing is, like, to me, like, from the scene, like, from this entire scene when he's just, like... Oh, like thinking about Eliza, thinking about his family and everyone. He's because he does say it somewhere. I forget the exact words, but he does say at some point, like, "Oh, I have to live." Like it's it's kind of like his own reprise of stay alive. Like it's like I have to live to be able to see this through. Like I have to live for my wife and for my child and for my family and like all of her stuff. But he chooses not to. Okay, but to me, like him lifting this gun is not necessarily him choosing not to live it's him thinking oh if i do this this will be over and i can live as opposed to me having to live with the idea of having taken another man's life but at the same time then why agree to duel in the first place because campbell he wasn't thinking about that at the time because he's still a rash person so also i will say because this is another place where the whole like i'm not giving away my shot or like don't give away your shot comes in because at the end of the day he did give away his shot 
Yeah, so he's not even, like, sticking to his, like, own, like, truths and morals. I feel like we have fundamentally different views on the behavior I just think, of Alexander Hamilton. Because, like, Aaron Burr is like, this guy's always been out to get me. And Alexander Hamilton's like, that's never been what I was about. Yeah. You can say that in words. Because if you're, like, what you're living for is, like, what he, like, if this is, if this is enough that he finally, like, convinced his wife that he has scorned in multiple ways, it's like, we have each other. And then lies about, it's like, I have a meeting in the morning. No, you don't have a meeting in the morning. You're dueling for your life because this is what you're agreeing to. Because this is too much for you. That's not thinking about his family. He is giving his shot away because he does understand. Or at, at least the, his shot at the end of the musical is like a happy life. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> uh, but like, honestly. And then he was just like, no. It just seems like a game to him. And... I, do I think agree that's emphasized that been, by the actions he takes. I do agree that's been a game to him, but I think that that final scene and that final action of his and lifting his gun to the air, I think was him. He's stupid. I think was him. Trying. I think it's him giving up. We can we can agree I to disagree. See, I see we it. Agree I agree to disagree. I mean, my my last thing I'm going to say about it, I see it as like that last statement of his character. It's not for his wife. It's for him. It's like I want to let everyone know this is what I believe instead of actually like not putting yourself in the situation to be with your wife and your family that like the character development has shown it's like what is his shot that's fair that he's giving away i think the shot that he gave away was participating in the duel that's fair not that he didn't understand that i can understand that Yeah. yeah like you're going to a duel you get to like the 10th duel commandment and you're like i'm not gonna shoot you saw what happened before with your son when you get to that point. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I just yeah. yeah. Um so then I just get, thought it was selfish. So then we get into Burr's part of the song where he's like, Oh, I was already ready to Shit. shoot. Like I didn't realize that he put his gun in the air. Uh, he was like he had his glasses on. That means he wanted to see that. Yeah, like he's, he's like justifying his own that, yeah. yeah. His action. I do want to point out that I forget what the point. full line is, but he says like, Oh, um, he and he like paid for it, or and I paid for he, it. Or the, the the full the full lyric. He tongue kissed her other tongue. Skeet skeet. skeet. <laughs> Water oh gun. Oh my, <laughs> my god! god. Thank you. Thank look you. at her. But, look at her. But uh, too cheap. Um. But yeah. So he says That's like, and I paid about. for it, and he says paid for it in the same cadence and rhythm that he's saying wait for it before. I just thought that was an interesting yeah. juxtaposition. I think it was too. Thank you. We agree on that point. And that <laughs> on that point, point alone. alone. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if Hamilton wasn't <laughs> agreed to kill someone and stayed with his wife who, like, de- like forgiven Has him. Has done everything for him and loves him unconditionally. And, <laughs> and then he was like, you know what? I'm going to put my life in a helpless situation because I give up and I think this is going to be my legacy that I didn't shoot this man. But the legacy is, like, what you brought to me. And I am so unfor like will never be able to forgive what you did to me. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. So then we get into the song Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, which to me because death does not discriminate from the sins and the from the like, sinners uh, and the saints. Saint, saints it takes and yeah. it takes and I love how that um that line has changed up a song because the first time it was sung it was Love doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes and we live anyway. And then it was life doesn't discriminate. And now it's death doesn't discriminate. Yeah. Yeah. And then we find out like uh, everyone's like having their like final piece. Yes. 
And then we find out more about Eliza, how she, like, helped raid raise funds for the Washington Monument. She had, like, the first, like, privatized orphanage mm-hmm. in New York. Um, and to me, like, I... Which she was proudest about. That was her proudest accomplishment, yeah. And I, I love this piece so much. One, because it's the final piece of the play. She was very open against slavery. She was very open against slavery. Alexander, Alexander Hamilton never, like, did um, in spite of uh, John Lawrence. Yeah. Position. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I really love about this piece is, one, it plays into, especially Campbell, like, so much that you've been saying about legacy, so, like, what the way, especially Aaron Burr portrays the importance of legacy is not what legacy is. Like, legacy is who is left to tell your story at the end. It's, like, after you're dead, no one cares about what you actually did and felt. It's how people viewed you. It's what people thought of you. It's what is actually left. And to yeah. me, this song is all about that. And also... This song to me is what shows that like this play at the end of the day when push comes to shove is not really about Hamilton. He is like sort of the central character and the events sort of are made to revolve around him. But honestly, it's about all of the untold characters of this time, like Aaron Burr, um, Elizabeth Schuyler, uh, like Marquis de Lafayette. Um, I'm not going to include Thomas Jefferson in that, but like John Lawrence, <laughs> Hercules Mulligan, like all of these characters are like figures that we know of in history. Angelica Schuyler. Angelica Schuyler. Like these are all figures that we know of in history, but their story is nowhere near as famous or well known as like Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, George Washington. Like it's nowhere near as known as them. And so the fact that yeah. they are the characters that get this final scene, that get this final song, is saying, especially with Elizabeth Schuyler singing it, it's saying like, this story is about all of us. Like, we all played a part. We all played a role. And all of our lives and all of our stories and all of our legacies are just as important. And this is our way of telling our story. Yeah. yeah. And I do think it's also interesting, like, uh, Eliza's life in the very end. It kind of seemed to me that's what uh, Angelica wanted for her life. Yes. Just being a kind person, doing good works. And, like, be, like uh, finding the men who work. Yes. And, like, being a part of that. Yes. So that's the end of Hamilton. It's been four hours. Um, yeah. yeah. So Linda, Lin Manuel Miranda needs no introduction, but he is <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda is a composer, lyricist, actor, singer, rapper, producer, playwright, very accomplished man. Um, still young man. He's only about forty now. Um. When I was a young warthog. <laughs> he wrote his first Broadway production in like sophomore year of college, which was um In the Heights, which won four oh. Tonys and a Grammy. Uh, um, they, they, they have the newest production of it and like the uh, actors in it. It's going to be so I want to see it. I'm so excited. Great. Yeah. Um, so fun fact. So um, in I think it was maybe Chicago. Uh, one of the previous musicals we did, I talked about Stephen Sondheim, and I talked about how Stephen Sondheim actually mentored Lynn Manuel Miranda early in his career, um, which I think is interesting because to me there are some cool like parallels between his like life and career and Stephen Sondheim's. But um, so he actually worked with Stephen Sondheim for the 2009 Broadway revival of West Side Story, and he like wrote a lot of the Spanish language like dialogue and helped translate yeah. some of the lyrics into Spanish for that revival. Um, He's appeared in like a number of different shows and various projects, like too many to name all of them. Um, but I think it's interesting, like Hamilton was like one of his like real first 
big, big breaks. Like, In the Heights did very well. Bring It On, the musical did pretty well. But Hamilton was the first play that he had on Broadway. It was like, he made millions of dollars off of it. It's become a whole, um, kind of, I don't want to say cult classic, but it's, it's become like a whole thing. Like, the album has done super well. Like, there's been so many little performances of it. Like, other people have been adopting it and doing their own performances. Like, it's become a whole thing. Um, and much like Stephen Sondheim, he's also uh, been an activist in a lot of different issues, um, namely like a lot of Puerto Rican issues, being that he's of Puerto Rican descent. Um, so he was um, very involved in like, Puerto Rican, like, or very outspoken um, in support of like Puerto Rican or Puerto Rico debt relief. Um, he was also performed at the March for Our Lives um, in D.C. a couple of years ago. Um, just very accomplished and very politically involved young man. Um, and he, uh, I'm almost sad for him because he is so, so close to EGOTing. He has uh, a Pulitzer and two Olivier's, uh, but he also has three Tonys, three Grammys, an Emmy, and he was nominated for an Oscar, but he has not yet won an Oscar. So he is so, so close to EGOTing, and I hope that he gets there very soon because he deserves it because he's incredibly talented. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Campbell. What song are we playing this week? Because I do not know. We're going to play the story of tonight. Oh. Um, and then I'm going to be playing the clarinet, and Raven's going to be playing the cello. So let's do it. Let's do it, son. Okay. I think we kind of ended at the same spot. We did. We should move on. <laughs> Because this next part is slower. Like, just for the benefit of all of us, let's just move on. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I was not doing well. Let's be honest. Okay. I think we should just start on at measure 11. I agree. I, I know you're scared, but you have quarter notes, so calm the fuck I down. I know. Wait, you're so much better at the clarinet than I am at the cello. Well, because I've been practicing it, because that's mostly what I've been Okay, playing. but I gave my cello away. This is my first time physically touching one in months. That's why I gave you whole notes and quarter notes right And now. I appreciate you more than you will and ever know. And you're still scared. <laughs> Count us okay. off. One, two, one, two, three, four. I... I did okay. I honestly, I couldn't, I wasn't listening to you. Like, I... Because between the C sharp and the D sharp, I have to do alternate fingerings, which isn't, like, the normal, like, the go-to fingering on the clarinet yeah. part. And I'm just, I'm just not used to it. No, you know what, Campbell? Okay, so, listeners, one, in the vein of us actually being nice to each other in this episode, and two, in the vein of Campbell actually being an amazing musician, um, he has five sharks which one, even for a strings player, would be hard. And two, for a clarinet player, is double hard because they don't do sharps. It's not a thing that they do. So Campbell, you're doing fine. You're doing fine, and you should believe in yourself like I believe in you. Cool. Let's start at measure <laughs> 11, then. I was just saying, I wasn't saying, like, oh, I messed up so bad, I don't want to do this anymore. No, I, I know. Was like, hey, I just, I just felt like start over? nice. Okay, cool. Measure 11. Count us all. Okay. One, two... One, two, three, four. Let's stop. Okay. 
I think we ended up the same place, but I wasn't playing any other. Um, when I ended, I was on the last beat of twenty one and going into twenty two. I was on the first beat of twenty one. Ooh, okay. <laughs> let's go. Let's just start at twenty one. Sorry, twenty one. Okay, easy for me. So, yeah. Okay. One. And then I. Yeah. One. Two. One. Two. Three. Four. Let's stop. Yes. Yes. I, we I agree. Not. Let's stop. <laughs> no. I. We tried. <laughs> we tried our best, and that's all that We're matters. We're not going to get better than that. I am. I want to say, I don't. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast, but Bruce's upstairs neighbor who plays the piano beautifully. I am very sorry that you had to hear that, and I hope that you didn't. You haven't played cello in so long. Give yourself a break. Okay, but I, I actually do want to see if I can still play the tarantella because it's more of muscle memory more than anything else. Just play it. And then it goes into the entire two-octave run that I cannot do at this point. Okay, so out of ten... What would you give Hamilton? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so I can't, I don't even have it within me to write this musical, but I will say. That's dumb. This musical truly, and I, I honestly, I know I hyperbolize a lot. I say this truly without hyperbole, without exaggeration. To date, up to this point in my life, this musical has been my favorite, like the best piece of art my eyes have seen to this day. That is how I feel about this musical. Huh. There is no number, there is no rating I can give it beyond that phrase. I'd give it just below Chicago. Wow, okay. That's <laughs> that's the difference. But also Chicago I'm, I'm we rated honest. very highly, so not upset about it. And I and I and I hold to it. That's fair. I I respect that. Um, um so yeah. Okay. That's Hamilton. Um, if you, I'm sorry for how long this episode oh, is, yes. but there's just like a lot we wanted to cover. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to reach out to us, um, you can email at us at boozicals at gmail.com. Um, obviously you're listening to this, so you know where to find us, but if you have friends that want to listen to us, um, you can find us wherever podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcasts, a lot of like third party Mm-hmm. apps really just like Podbean, wherever podcasts are found you can find yeah us. anywhere you want to try to listen to a podcast we're probably there so yeah um i think we did a really good job being nice to each other i this agree episode, Raven. um do you feel better because of it i do i have like a warm fuzzy feeling that might just be the gin but i hope it's being nice so i think it's the gin because i'm <laughs> like eh, it was fine um but at the same time we agreed a lot and when we didn't we like talked it through so it wasn't like your wrong opinions in chicago we so. even agreed to disagree which i don't think is a thing we've ever done in our friendship before like we've no, just said you're think, wrong I and i accept that yeah i i don't i'm not sure if i like that <laughs> so um i hope you enjoyed it but this will be the only time it happens that's fair i'm comfortable with that um Five, six, seven, eight. Da 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 da